Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. I hope everybody has been enjoying their week so far. We've got a great show planned for tonight. I am Zod Ryder, and of course, with me on the Roundtable, the Jackal and Johnny Alpha. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Man, it's, it'd be hot this summer, man. I ain't kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm in between. I, I'm hot and warm. What, dude? You're in Florida. You should be sweatier than both of us put together, man. I was, I've was i been in Florida in the summer months. Uh, the Tampa area, not quite far as down as you are. And, oh, my God, dude, I swear to God, the devil's ass crack has to be cooler than that state at this time of year. So there's no way you can't tell me that you're not, like, sitting in an ice tub somewhere, brother. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you this much. I have the AC at, like, 60 degrees. And uh, normally those that know me know that I, I don't like temperatures that cold. But it's so hot outside, you can literally, like, fry an egg on, on the top of your car. So it's so hot that I, I like I have to have the, the AC at full blast when I come indoors. Uh, but when I say it's hot and warm, I'm not complaining because I enjoy the heat over, like, minus zero degrees, which you guys get up north. So I'm not complaining on that aspect. Uh, but it would be nice to have like, a, a, a string of like 70 degree weather without it having rain all the time, which we also went through that for the last uh, week. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's it how it's been terrible. too. It's been rain, you know, a mixture of heat and rain. And yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not how it always Seems like Florida. <laughs> yeah, isn't that how it always yeah. is in Florida? Because when I was in Tampa, man, like it didn't matter like what type of day it was, man. We had a rain and lightning storm every day, every day when I was there. Man. It depends on where you are. Like if you travel to like the Hialeah, northern Miami area, it rains a lot, which is kind of freaky. Sometimes you feel like the gods are playing a trick on you because you literally walk a block and it'll be raining like a couple inches away from where you just were and it was dry. Like it's one of those weird things. You can just walk right into the rain and you can see where it starts and stops. And uh, it, it, like, you normally don't see that. You know, you just see rain scattered wherever. But it, like here's like little patches of rain. You can literally like go through them and see, oh, look, it's raining here and it's sunny over here. And you can play like hopscotch between the rain and the sun. Rain and the sun. And it's like, and that's in Hialeah, like that, that part, Hialeah, northern Miami. It's typically that during the summer. Other than that, it's, you know, warm year round. Except for like the two weeks of winter, which it's about the same, really. It's like 70 degrees. It's not too bad. Man. Can't complain much. <laughs> Yay, Miami! Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I move around so much. Like I was before then, I was like up in Michigan. You know what I mean? Up above Detroit, so that was a lot of fun. Not, not nice switch up, you know, going yeah. from freezing every day to being just like sweaty and just ah, humid and stuff in Florida. It was, it was, it was an insane change of pace, but still, it was, it's pretty dope. I like, I like. I like Tampa a lot. I, I didn't get to see too much of the rest of the state except yeah. for on the way down. But like 
I, I liked what I saw. I got really like to go back to Florida in the winter time. In the yeah, winter well, the you you enjoy about <laughs> seventy seventy five degree weather. It'll be a great winter for you. No, it, it's funny because you're like a hoarder of like places you've been at because of your job. You've been like to a bunch of different areas. What's like the most? I, I want to say fun, but weather wise, Florida has to be like on top. But other than Florida, what's like the other places that are, that are like at least you know accommodable to like go there and and have a good time? You've been um, uh, is that a word? If you go to certain places in um in the south, like I really like this the town Memphis. Like Memphis is really cool. Yes. You can have a lot of fun in Memphis. You can party down. They have great food in Memphis. You go see Graceland. Um, so I like Tennessee quite a bit. Um, let's see. Um, I like Illinois. I didn't actually get to see Chicago, but I got to I got to go to um, Metropolis and a couple nice. places. That, um, um, over there on the Kansas side of Illinois, which was pretty sweet, and I, I enjoyed that. Nice weather, but I hear it gets really cold in the wintertime, which doesn't surprise me because, like I said, I've been up in Michigan, which is actually above there. So, uh, yeah. But I like cold, to tell you the truth. Like, I, I actually run better in the cold because you could always put more clothes on. You can only take so much off in the summer, man. And it's just, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I told you guys the story, but I went to the Carolinas, North and South Carolina, a few years ago. And I was super excited because I was like, we're going to go to the Smoky Mountains. And we're going to see snow, and it's going to be awesome. It was during the winter. I was pumped because I'd never seen snow, and I've been all over the country. And every time I go somewhere, it doesn't snow for whatever stupid reason. So this time I was like, yeah, we're definitely going to see snow. I get there, cold as hell, no snow. And I was so bitter. I was like, how can you go to South Carolina and North Carolina, go through the Smoky Mountains, and I see no goddamn snow? No that snow will, anywhere. Yeah, in the well, if you come out here, if you come out here to Illinois, you'll definitely see snow. <laughs> oh man, you, you, you got lucky. Um, one time, me and the old man, we were coming, we were visiting my mom and sister um, back um, west, and like we were coming back because I was working in South Carolina, and we got stuck coming down. Like we, we were in between, basically um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Greenville, North Carolina up there in the mountains and it was iced over it was just us and all these diesel trucks it took us like 30 um three hours to get like 30 miles i mean we were just moving so slow even with the heater on it was it was just freezing cold it was beautiful though it looked like a beautiful like bob ross museum painted but like at nighttime with all the lights off because all you just saw was like this beautiful landscape with snow and happy little trees <laughs> but it was all freezing and question and so it, it had its ups and downs but like yeah i'd say you got a little lucky because it, when it's when it gets cold in the south oh my god does it get fucking cold in the south brother <laughs> well i got a question for you when you were driving by did you hear like the voiceover and the little trees i'm gonna paint them over here and they just, they, they just because you know that's definitely Bob Ross in influence. There is. Did you hear that just voiceover in your head, or was it like I bought this plane in somewhere in somebody's uh, TV and so on? You could hear it like because that'd be kind of an obvious, like a funny thing that like you're driving there and like all of a sudden you see the trees and you're like, wait a second, I hear the voiceover. Yeah, there's a, yeah, some happy little trees over here. And look at the, the, the smiling mountain. Yes, we're I, I'm sure he saw smiling mountains happy and, happy, and happy trees. I'm sure he, uh, he smoked a whole lot of trees and saw happy mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No Love doubt about stuff. it, man. His hairdo, there's no way that man wasn't token before he'd do his happy little tree paintings, man. Like, that's for Rest sure. Rest in peace, man. He was great. I love Bob Ross. Yeah. 
So, gentlemen, uh, we have uh, some stuff to talk about tonight. A lot has been going on in the world of entertainment. We didn't do a, a show last week because we were all kind of busy. And uh, next week, of course, you know, we have the uh, the Fourth of July weekend coming up, which is going to be huge. As the president would say, huge, tremendous, <laughs> tremendous weekend. That's um, I, only, I, was, I always hear tremendous. That's like the one I know from him. That's his, that's his second fair word. He, he has like a fair word every six months. That's the second one. Uh, but huge. He ran on that for a long time. Not, then tremendous. And then, of course, you're throwing China every once in a while and Russia once in a while. Um, he's, that's terrifying you, that you like, you like memorized his thing. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even do that with funny, my girlfriends. Raw. I don't even do that with my girlfriends. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it, well, it's just funny. It's, it's like I used to memorize Bill Clinton, like the way Bill Clinton spoke. And, uh, oh, yeah, but Hillary's my wife and, uh, she has a penis. That's right. Eh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do a better Stephon than Clinton there, bud. But yeah, well, I, I can kind of hear it. When my voice is better, it used to be a lot better. I used to uh, kill her on a Schwarzenegger, not just sounds like on the short. Never mind. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of short people, Alex uh, 2.0, shout outs to him, shout outs to uh, Daryl, uh, California guy, and uh, there's, you know, they uh, couldn't make it on tonight. Uh, they, they, Daryl said he might call. Cali guy uh, is always, he says he's going to be honest with us. And he oh, said man, he, that would be good. Like, I, it's been so long since I heard from D, man. Like, I, I would actually really like to hear hear from him, I, see what he'd be up it's, to. It's been a long time since he's been honest with us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be coming clean and being honest. Uh, but big shout-outs this week to uh, George Rodriguez of SoFlo Radio. Uh, we're um, we're uh, talking about working on the uh, website and doing some stuff for PSN and SoFlo together in the very near future. So uh, shout-outs to him and... Uh, and we had a loss uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Soil Flow family, Sud uh, Coleman from Rick and Suds passed away. So shout out to this family and what they're going through. And, uh, you know, the uh, funeral, uh, I believe, was this uh, week and the burial and stuff. And, and uh, you know, great guy. If you guys never heard of Rick and Suds, uh, check them out on YouTube. They're an uh, AM show in the 90s. Uh, along the time where I got interested in radio personally were in uh, Phil Hendry, George Rodriguez, Neil Rogers. Uh, we're all on WIOD, you know, Brick and Suds was another very popular uh, pair on AM radio for 20 plus years, they were together, legendary um, duo, and uh, sadly we lost Coleman to, uh, I believe it was uh, cancer, and, uh, you know, shout out to his family, and uh, rest in peace, good, good guy, I got to meet him about 10 years ago. And a uh, great individual. And uh, he was working with uh, George on SoFlo for a little bit, doing the uh, the Spick and Suds uh, show, which uh, <laughs> uh, it's Spick. You know, George is Cuban. He's a Spick. I'm a Spick. It's okay if we say that, guys. It's not racist. Yeah, you guys can say it. I can't say it, though. You I'm can't. Gonna, like, try Gringo, not, you, no, you can't say it, Gringo. <laughs> that would like, be totally against the rules. But I can call yeah. myself a Spick. And George uh, is a happy spick, so uh, this Pick and Suds uh, show, it's going to be missed. Uh, George is uh, doing his own show still on SoFlo, so I uh, shout out to him. And, and uh, man, they've, they've endured a few losses over the years over there, so uh, anything that we could do to help always, you know, they're part of the family. So wanted to get that out there. And uh, other than that, we, we do have some stuff to cover, a lot of stuff in entertainment. Johnny, yeah. uh, 
You want to well, jump well, right well, into what do you, you, that, what I, do you wanna, have? I just want to give it like a nice rest in powers to Suds. I don't know no, him, but cool. it's really cool. He's he's part of the family. He yep. inspired you. He's um, I know George, so like I I yep. just want to say rest in power, Spuds. Yeah, sense. definitely. My bad. Yeah, so it's, well, hey, I'll tell you what. He had a powerful voice when he was on radio. He was a, uh, like I said, Rick and Suds, Phil Hendry, um, Opie and Anthony. I mean, all these cats that were together in the nineties, two thousands. I mean, they shaped the the platform that AM radio became because AM radio was a lot of Spanish stock, you know, talk out down here in Florida. That was mostly where it was dominant. And then these guys came out of nowhere, and like they were so funny during the nineties and. Everybody started listening to AM radio they for were, different they reasons. They were revolutionaries. That's what they were. Yeah, they're pioneers. More than the revolutionaries, they're pioneers on on what is now considered you know standard AM radio down here in Florida, because they you know the people like Dan Lebetard and other folks that are in, in there now copy that format. The Neil Rogers, Phil Hendry, Suds Coleman, Rick and Suds, you know George Rodriguez. Those guys are copied endlessly. So. And, uh, you, and, and it's because, again, they laid the, the foundation for what is AM radio down here in Florida. And, uh, you know, they go, they're iconic, man. These guys are known nationwide. Howard Stern tried to sign Neil Rogers at one point. That's how well known Neil Rogers was. Another one, rest in peace, who passed away 10 years ago. So, yeah. Too many deaths, rest- guys. Too many deaths. Yeah, rest in power, all you guys that helped give us a voice, help like kick this thing open for us nerds to run wild with, even though you guys weren't nerds yourselves. So we appreciate that you guys opened the door for even us, too. So rock on, and yeah, may you guys be remembered proudly like you deserve. I don't know if they'll be so happy with that, because I think they, they are fellow nerds. I think they're okay. proud. Yeah, especially George. George is as big a nerd as we are. In fact, he would love the show, because he talks about this on the show all the time, you know, comic booky stuff, movies. He loves going to conventions, and um, my first major convention I went to was with George. It was uh, Wizard World in 2011. That was the first big one that I went to, and uh, George invited me on. He's like, man, you got to come on and, and be part of the the actual um, live show that we were putting together. And I had never done anything remotely at a convention like that before, and I went out and uh, he was out there with his uh, powwow buddies, and uh, you know we had a really good show. George was out there dressed in, in it would look like to be a very pimp Halloween gear, um, you know, just trying trying to be funny. And uh, he succeeded because it was very funny the outfit he had on. And uh, you know, hopefully he gets back to that because he's a, he's a good dude, man. He deserves uh, a lot of positivity, and he gets sadly, you know, a lot of negative stuff has happened over the last ten years, and. So. Yeah, that's that's just the way it kind of is nowadays, though, man. That's the yeah. tragic damn thing about the world nowadays. But uh, <laughs> it's unescapable. This shit just falls on everybody, man. Like I hate it. Yeah, no, it's bad because like it's when it rains, it pours. Man, his website went down. He lost a friend to cancer. Like you know, it's just it's been a, a bad few months for the guy. So yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things. But uh, you know, I guess our thoughts are with uh, the, the Cole family suds. Yeah. Uh, Coleman and his family, and uh, uh, you know his wife and, and the rest of the family. Hopefully, they could uh, you know overcome the the tragedy that is the loss. You never really overcome it; you just like learn to live with it. Sadly enough, yeah, that's pretty much what happens. You just yeah. learn to live with it. But uh, moving on to uh, brighter things that are uh, that are going to bring the audience down uh, too much. Uh, yeah. What do we have on the roundtable, uh, Johnny? Anything uh, oh, particular that sticks little... out this week? 
I got a cool story of re- that might be a good story of redemption from a, a character that makes his name onto this show quite a bit. Our good friend Henry Cavill has been cast oh. in a pretty cool-sounding movie. He's cast as Sherlock Holmes in a Millie Bobby Brown-led movie called Enola Holmes. He's basically going to be her dad what? teaching when her how to happen? be You're joking, a um, right? detective, That's which not... sounds wonderful. What do you guys think about that? I'm hmm. looking forward to it. Anything that has him away from the Superman outfit, I'm good with because I've seen him in other things. And when he gets a chance to, you know, do something that he is not kind of pigeonholed or, or pigeonholed into like a certain characteristic of how they want the character to be played, and he's you know given more freedom, he comes off as a pretty good actor because he opens up and uh, he does performances. And sometimes you're like, damn, he could really act. But when you when you're like playing a character like a Superman, for example, and they tell you, you got to play him this one way, I think that's where his problem starts, and that's why we saw kind of like a stiff, you know, version of Superman. He just could never escape whatever direction he got. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. I think he's uh, an actor who's not overrated, not underrated. He is a good still, enough actor. He can still prove himself. He can still yeah, prove himself. He's young enough where he's going to have another well, good 10, 15, 20 years to, to well, prove even that though, Even though actor. I totally disagree with you on, I understand. on, on, on <laughs> Superman, even though I totally disagree with you there, I do agree that I, that it'll be nice to see him in other roles. I mean, I'm even looking forward to The to the Witcher on Netflix. That's going to be... Yeah. That's, that's going to be quite. That's quite exciting. That's going to be. That's going to be really great. So, yep. you well, know. So I, I, I like. I like seeing the fact that he's getting other roles. That's that's really nice. It's good. It's always good to see that because you never want to see an actor or actress get typecasted and get stuck doing well, the same types of roles over and, and, and over. And it shows his, his uh, acting range, which you know exactly. Is, yeah, well, the Witcher looks good for that. Go ahead. In this, he's going to be playing like a dad in like a, a comedy type thing, like right. a kid like comedy type thing, which I I think is a really good vehicle for most actors that are kind mm-hmm. of in a rut. So I think that it's it's win win for him. And also the fact that he's cast as Sherlock Holmes might mean that he will be getting signed by Marvel soon because they have a track record with hiring actors who play Sherlock Holmes. Because that's weird. <laughs> if if they get the guy who played Superman to play like a main character in a Marvel movie, that'd be kind of strange. I don't know. I don't know if I can deal with that. I don't think. I don't think it'll. I I really don't think it'll happen. No. Just because when you do a when you do a superhero movie, although I mean it is possible. I mean Michael Keaton turned around and played the Vulture, so Chris Evans it, played Captain America after being in those awful Yeah, but the yeah, the Vulture movies though. What I'm saying yeah, but is but like, the, the Vulture was how many like, years after Batman? That was like what two decades yeah. later. And, and it's so funny he's still yeah, he's still, he's still playing a bird. Using the fact that he was Batman, he was still using the fact that he was Batman when he when he was playing the Vulture. So I yeah. just I, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. It's I'm funny. Kind of, he went he, he went from Batman to the he went from Batman to Birdman to the Vulture. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and it's great that he stayed in the Bird family. That that's that's essentially a you know that's a positive on Mike <laughs> uh, Keaton's part. But but as far as yeah as far as Cavill goes, I I think it'll be I think it'll be really really. Uh, that's sad I, I think though it's because a, a big stretch to see him as 
in in the Marvel universe. I personally wouldn't want would not want to see him in the Marvel universe. I think that's... he would. I think he could play a couple characters really good. I think he would make a really good Hyperion. I think he could make a really good Sentry. I think Ares would be a fucking cool character that he could play. Like go up against um Thor as Ares in in a Thor film. That would could be gangster. I mean. He, He's got he's got something to him, man. And he actually, I think, deserves another chance at being a superhero. And since, you know, like things ain't looking so good for him being Superman again, I I would like actually be happy if Marvel gave him the chance to tell you the truth personally but, and let him prove himself in uh, in another field, especially if The Witcher and this um cute family Sherlock Holmes movie does well. You know what I mean? Like I would be more than happy to give him that shot as a fan of both DC and Marvel universes. Yeah, but uh, again, if you put an actor like that, I mean, the especially in a Thor movie where Thor is kind of like Marvel's Superman in a way, kind of, sort of. Captain uh, Marvel's Marvel Superman. Well, yeah, we got tomorrow's a uh, female. So I mean, Thor, I would say Thor's, more like Supergirl. Thor's basically um, Marvel's Wonder Woman mixed with Aquaman. Like, we're being honest. Mm, I don't know, because, I mean, they're both well, kind of gods. Wait a minute. I thought Submariner was Marvel's Aquaman. Yeah, but they never yeah. put him in a movie. If they would, they would. No, Namor, N- no, 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 Namor is happening. Uh, they're moving on with the movie. The movie's going to happen in the next uh, year or two. There's, that's an announcement that came out a few days ago. Um, they're looking to cast uh, somebody for Namor. That's uh, part of, of the big... Uh, next phase in the Marvel universe. So, and, he, look and for he's this, probably going to be he's that. probably going to be Asian too. I, I he, would get Rami Malik because that guy actually looks like he's part fish, and he looks like Namor <laughs> from the comic. So I would totally hire Rami Malik as Prince Namor. I think he'd be epic. Well, after his turn in what the yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, I I could see him. Well, I was going more for like Mr. Robot, <laughs> Need for Speed, some of his more like comedic like sci-fi roles. But yeah, I was going like, to say if he gets Freddie Mercury. If he gets to keep the Freddie Mercury mustache as Namor, then I'm sold. Yeah, dude. Everybody should rock a Freddie Mercury mustache <laughs> from now on. That should be a standard. That should be. Yeah. This might be gear straight. Just have the stash. Yeah, like, they didn't even need to completely CGI off Henry Cavill's mustache in Justice League. As long as they just CGI'd it to look like the Freddie Mercury one, it probably would have worked fucking perfectly. See, I don't know. That, that's something that always bothered me about that movie, and we're not going to, like, rant too yeah. long on, on uh, past uh, failed attempts to get, get CGI right, uh, especially in, in superhero movies, because there's been a lot of failed attempts to do anything correct in, in CGI-wise. It's been a lot of bad CGI, is what I'm saying, guys, in, in these superhero movies. But the, the the thing about that that still gets me is, in the comics, Superman's had a beard, he's had facial hair. That's not that far out of the ordinary. Why didn't they just say that, you know what, for a few days or weeks, he just didn't feel like shaving and give him a little bit of a beard and just well, go with the stash. Well, not only that, when he came back to life in the comic books, he had a full he had a beard. and a beard. So yeah. it didn't make sense. For them to for them to go to all that trouble to CGI off the mustache when it actually would have looked better if they would have just added a CGI beard. I mean, and I long understand. hair. That's I it. Yeah, man. I, yeah, you know, well, I, they, I have yeah. old I have old JSA comics from um I don't know the early seventies. It's right around the time Power Girl first showed up, and like Superman legit had like a power mustache and like he had great temples like Reed Richards and Doctor Strange does. So like yeah, like, the dudes rocked a stash before in the past. So even if they didn't give him a full beard, it's not out of place to have Superman with a mustache. Like he has rocked one a, f- a few times in the comics. 
And you just yeah. think about that. It'll be something else that you can say, you know, at least they tried to do something like the comics. Fans would not let bitch to complain as much. And you don't have to spend all that extra, you know, money on stupid CGI, which... Uh, not, not only stupid, but dumb. it just was downright horrible CGI. <laughs> like that was, yeah, it was another big waste of money that really could yeah. have been spent elsewhere. His yeah, mouth I mean, looked like Shrek's mouth. <laughs> it, yeah. no, it was it was worse, bro. It was it was like he looked evil. It started looking like like some of the grins yeah, they looked, gave him was like, weird. He looked like Bizarro. <laughs> worse. He looked like Shrek, man. Especially that one time where he smiles, man. It just kind of looked just like oh, yeah, Shrek. The, like, the crooked the crooked smile where it looked like uh, his uh, teeth were like totally off and yeah. <laughs> What well, made me really laugh like, though? Out of my swamp donkey. <laughs> what made me really laugh though was like when somebody created a uh, an app for phones that does better CGI than they did in, in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they actually showed they actually showed they used Henry Cavill in the demonstration yeah. video where they showed how they were able to remove the mustache and everything, and he looked perfect. And they were like, the app was free. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, really? And they spent like how many millions trying to do the same crap and they failed like epically and like destroyed a movie in, in the process and the entire like fan base got bitter, so bitter, so pissed that now the entire DCEU is gone and wiped from existence because of the bad CGI and a mustache that... Because that's what kicked off the like the like the major backlash. It's like, he had a mustache and they fucked that up on the CGI. That's what started the whole thing. It was a contributing factor. There's a there's a lot to unpack when it comes to that. But yeah, it was it was, oh, def- yeah. it was and, definitely and one of the straws. And let's, and let's not and, and, you know let's not. And while we're discuss while we're on that subject, let's oh, not no. <laughs> uh, forget about the fact that there, that uh, Washington Post just put out an article yesterday about about Justice League and the and of course and the uh, whole release the Snyder Cut movement, which is extremely exciting from my oh, perspective. Boy. But I just, you know, I just wanted to point that out since you, know, you did, you did for... mention the idea of the, you did mention the idea of how the how the mustache started the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Newspapers this week, though, man. Like, um, you, you guys heard that Vertigo Comics went out of business, right? Well, the LA Times ran a story about it, saying that it was canceled one year after they launched, relaunched to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Marvel Comics. Like, this was a legit newspaper, posted that headline nope. that Vertigo Comics was canceled after a, a year a, a year after doing a relaunch to celebrate 25 years of Marvel Comics. Anybody knows anything knows that Vertigo is DC Comics, and Marvel yeah. Comics has been around since at least the 1960s. So 25, like, so... Hmm. What you read in a newspaper with a grain of salt. I'm not one of yeah. these like oh, fake news people, but oh my god, like that <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they do, and, and that's the thing. That's what I was going to say too. Like the major publications do make mistakes, but I mean, this all was an, the all, time. This, this was actually, a, you know, this is actually a legit, a legit article. What a maroon! So I, I, I think that, <laughs> what I think an that ignoramus! I just think that it's amazing now that we now that there's more articles popping up you know and ever since that you know that ringer article that kind of launched the whole launched the whole thing where now there's more and more uh publications popping up with articles about the snyder cut of justice league so i'm super excited about that but that's just a side note 
from yeah no I, honestly like i still really wish they just fucking put it out so you guys can see it and calm down a little bit i know you guys will never shut up but i mean at least you guys will calm down a little bit if you finally see it just let them calm down dc warner brothers just, just whatever's whatever you guys have just put it out please just Mellow the mellow the waters. There's you, too much you, shit going look, on in the fan buzz. You know, we got the gates, we got like the kick vic stuff. Like the fandom know. is exploding. It's there's so much bullshit. And if we can calm like a whole faction down by just letting us All see a movie of them. already done, yeah, yeah, do it. Just do it, and that Why way. Not? That way, like, it will just be a little bit less noise. Nerdism can oh, yeah, but cause, yeah, a little bit. Because now don't you see the whole, the whole, uh, all the big, the controversy with uh, Swamp Thing now. There's a big controversy with that, too, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm actually on board with that, so. I saw the pilot, I saw the pilot, actually. Funny you bring that up, because we, we, we don't rehearse, by the way, uh, guys listening and, and gals. Uh, this is not rehearsed. I had no idea I was going to bring it up, but I actually saw the pilot yesterday for Swamp Thing. It wasn't bad. It, like okay. I was shocked. It was actually pretty entertaining. It was kind of creepy. Um, you know, the horror elements were were well taken, well done. It wasn't cheesy or anything. I, I was actually taken back that they canceled this thing. Well, it, it's it, it's not due they're to they're morons. It's not due to <laughs> it's not due to fans or critical reaction, dude. Like they they went in with to North Carolina and they were um, said that they were going to be allotted this amount of grant money, and then they didn't get half of it. I know, but to, moved yeah, the well, show somewhere else. Like we said, you know, a few they, weeks. They didn't back. have the money to. They, yeah, they, they, they were. They were. They're using that. They're the using that as an excuse because yeah. they want to. Because uh, they want to. They. They don't. It's bad PR. They don't know what they're going to do because now they're talking about. Well, we're going to just make Swamp Thing into a movie. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. People don't want a movie. They want the freaking series. They're absolutely I, I, clear, for something like Swamp Thing. <laughs> Look, for Swamp, for Swamp Thing, it works better as a series than a movie, because it, it's such a, like, a different story than your typical, like, comic book, you know, movie. It's nuanced, it builds. It's yeah, you have to, like you have to see it build and stretch out the character development and see, you know, where this is going. I cannot see this being successful as a Tory movie. As a no, TV series, 10 parts, great. They're talking about getting a new cast. And you know, doing a making it a film, and it's just like, are you guys crazy? That's not what people want. Yeah, people, no, were people, want show. people were excited. People were excited for the show. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, see uh, but uh, I, I said this. I said this. I said, well, now I get it. all yeah. you Swamp Thing fans, now you know what us, you know, release the Snyder Cut people are going through. You guys, it's it's crazy. They want to get rid of your show, and the show is. This show is actually a pretty entertaining show. It doesn't make any sense why they would want to, why they would not figure out ways to accommodate. And like Jackal said, just move it somewhere else. And now they're saying, oh, it's money related. I mean, I've I've lost uh, a lot of shows over the years that I loved, and I'm like, why they cancel this or that? (laughs) Right. Like Sliders. Like, that's one of my first shows ever, and it got canceled after four or five seasons. And I'm I'm always like, well, when are they going to bring it back? It was such a good show. But Swamp Thing it didn't even get a full season, and they got yeah, they you know, didn't this... even they didn't even air it before they canceled. Um, they cut the they, it was supposed to be thirteen episodes. They cut yeah. the, the production down to ten, and then um, before it was even aired, they were like, "Yeah, it, it's it's over. We're not doing it anymore." And it's just like, and that puts me in a bad spot because 
I, Swamp Thing's cool. I don't dislike the show whatsoever. I actually quite enjoy it, but I flipping love Doom Patrol, and it puts me in fear of my favorite show, you know, that they have yeah, out. Yeah, that, that, they that, can do that Jeopardy next with it. Too. <laughs> that's in Jeopardy, too. You see, because Warner Brothers and AT&T are, doing, are launching their streaming service at the end of the year, this new streaming service, so that DC Universe stuff is going by the wayside. And it's just going to be a, a part of, it's going to be basically just be absorbed in whatever this Warner Brothers, AT&T massive $17 a month streaming service is going to be. So That's horrible. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like horrified by it. And I'm like, you know what? I, they just better make sure they make that streaming service worth it if they're going to try to charge $17 a month because they're well, going to be competing with a lot of cheaper options out there. Well, if they, if they keep, if they hmm. run a second season of Doom Patrol, I'm at least going to have it the months that that show's on. I'll tell you, <laughs> they got, you know what I mean? The two or three months, they could get a couple. I, I can't see myself paying down. 17 bucks for Warner Brothers. I mean, Disney's one thing because you have well, the entire Disney library from like 50, 60, 70 years they're going to put on there. Well, the, so they, for they kids have, and family, but Warner Brothers, I mean, you, you can... HBO, Cinemax, uh, all that, all that's Warner Brothers, all that's added in. That, 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 again, I'm, I don't, like, I don't, have, I don't watch that now. Like, I don't care about most of those shows. Like, there's like a handful. Maybe I have all the Sopranos on DVD and you Blu-ray. You like Barry? So. Barry's HBO. Yeah, but I have already seen all the seasons and whatever well, comes out. It's, it, no. Yeah, but it's not like I can't get the episodes. You feel me? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I know what you're saying, man. I definitely do. But like. At the same time, I want more Doom Patrol, so I'm at least gonna like wink and nod and say like, yeah, if you keep running Doom Patrol, I'll at least buy your service that that month that you have it on. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm winking with the wrong guy, <laughs> like Rocket Raccoon, but still I'm winking. And yeah, like I, I'm getting your service. I promise, Warner Bros. Like, but I just want more Doom Patrol, motherfuckers. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm telling you this right now. The only one that's really motivated me to go and sign up and pay multiple months just because I, I loved what I saw. And, you know, I, I love this one show was, uh, YouTube with, uh, the, the Cobra Kai series. I, I have uh, no issues paying for that. Yeah. is the only one that you pay for? Like, besides from Cobra Kai, there's nothing else to watch in there. What are you going to watch? No, because the, you can watch a lot of stuff without, you know, commercials and stuff, which is a lot easier than having to wait for commercials or, or click the, you know, you know, click here after the ads, or I, you know, I, I just hate that. So it makes it a whole lot easier of an experience to just have, you know, YouTube ten bucks a month and ad free, and you can watch whatever you want. And they have sports and all other stuff that you can't get normally anyway. Um, so in that sense, it's actually pretty cool to have. But I mean, that's the only one that's kind of like got my attention. Netflix, I don't really you know enjoy much of the the original content, other than Stranger Things, which you're gonna have no problems getting without being on uh, on Netflix. Uh, they canceled all Mar- really good. They have they have a lot of good stuff. Yeah, but they've canceled all Marvel stuff, which was the reason I had I would get Netflix to begin with. That's not there anymore. So, uh, I mean, the other one that's keeping me around is YouTube. Now, for me to, to say, okay, yeah, Warner Brothers, I'm on board, 17 bucks, that's going to be tough. Because, A, I haven't liked a lot of their movies over the last 20 years. Uh, B, my favorite movies, I have them already, the ones I do like from Warner Brothers. And their catalog, yeah, they have HBO and stuff, but, you know, again, yeah, that'll all that be, stuff. 
apparently HBO and all that will all be included. It'll all be like like a like a like you'll be able to choose like what you right. want to watch. It'll all be included in the seventeen dollars. That's why it's so. Expensive. And if you already have the HBO um, app, you're going to get a discount on the Warner Brothers one, from what I understand, at least to begin with. Yeah, because you, because HBO is included in the Warner Brothers thing, so you. So what do they get rid of that app? I mean, what's the point of having an HBO well, app well, and the Warner Brothers? They're making money off it right now. They'll they'll run it until the next app's up and ready. Otherwise. What are they going to wait for? Um, not make money for those couple months before that app finally. Well, comes no, out? obviously, but I mean, they, they they have to pick one. Just I mean, why have two or three floating apps that, that makes no sense? Uh, I mean, well, that's no, every HBO every go. Water. <laughs> well, because that's I think they're going to keep HBO Go for people that just want to watch the HBO stuff and don't care about you know they just want to watch Game of Thrones and whatever it'll else. Pro- you know what? It'll it. probably do. It'll probably make the HBO app cheaper. Because you're gonna, because if you want, if you pay 17 bucks, you get all, you get the whole Warner Brothers thing, and all that'll be included. So it'll probably make that HBO Go or HBO Now, whatever. That app will probably be a lot cheaper because it'll just be HBO. It's still kind of silly because I mean, even Disney, when Disney Plus rolls around, they're gonna get rid of the other Disney app that's out there. So oh yeah, of course. It's also not going to be, and Disney's also not going to be as expensive either. Yeah, so they're, that's, right. they're they're going for what five ninety nine or something. Yeah, just like just low. like Hulu, just like Hulu and CBS All Access. Both of those are yeah. five ninety nine. And Disney has a Disney library, which is huge. Plus, they're going to have everything from Fox TV, Fox Movies. I mean, they're going to have a tremendously huge library. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. My money's on Disney to, like, be the, the, the last one standing at the uh, battle of the, uh, apps. I can't see them being the last one standing because they won't be able to get everybody else's content. Yeah. You're still going to have those other ones because they, cause they are, because of the content they offer. And Netflix, you know, whatever you may think of them, they've got a lot of original content that has gotten quite popular and they continue to produce you know, uh, creator-driven films and stuff like that. So they're, I mean, they're, you know, paving but the way. Yeah, but they, none of them can compete with Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I don't know, man. Because, like, <laughs> on Netflix and Hulu, I mean, Netflix and Amazon Prime, they're, they're actually being really smart. They're going over and they're getting foreign directors to make original yeah. films for them. Yeah. And stuff like that. So they're Dracula, Dead, and Loving It. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to be able to compete with stuff like that. Vampire in Brooklyn. There's going to be great stuff on the Disney app, but if you're over the age of 15, it's going to get boring after a day or two, man. You're going to want to have say that about Pluto Nash. some grown-up shit with, dude. How can you say that about Pluto Nash? Come on. Dude, Eddie Murphy doesn't even <laughs> like that movie. I think he likes that one slightly better than Norbit, but that's about it, man. Like, hey, Pluto, we, we don't talk bad about Norbit around here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. We, we talked way too long about this. Well, um, uh, what else we got on the table? Next up, we got news that has just made me the biggest Ghostbuster fan I've ever been in my entire life. Like I, I loved them since I was a kid, but hearing this, like I, I am just so down for this new film. Paul Rudd is officially cast in Ghostbusters 2020. Oh my goodness! Um, let me get my thoughts together. So how do you go first? Well, I mean, I was excited for the movie to begin with, so this doesn't really change any of that. I'm, I mean, 
I like Paul Rudd as an actor, so I mean that's cool. That, that's good news. Yeah, he's one of the funniest guys around now. I mean, like I, I'm really happy that they they made that choice because, like, if I was gonna think of like who is kind of like the new Bill Murray, like it's Paul Rudd. You know what I mean? He's got that dry, really dickish sense of humor that like Murray had. Like I, I can see him being a kind of a mix between race dance and Pete Vinkman character pretty well, actually. Maybe. So so whose son is he going to play? <laughs> I think he's too old to play any of the kids. I think he's going to be like... He could play Oscar. He could be Oscar in 30-something. He could, he could do that, little baby Oscar. Why not? Maybe. I, I, you always, you had me sold on Owen Wilson playing Oscar since start, we've had that first talk about Ghostbusters 3. So it's kind of hard for me. Like, I always just want to see Owen Wilson as Oscar now. But yeah. We, like, we all do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'd love to see Owen Wilson. That, that would be like the perfect casting, Owen Wilson as Oscar. But let me tell you something. Paul Rudd as a Ghostbuster, that's a tremendous win for this movie. Um, one of, like you said, I guess that he's one of the best actors around. Funny, uh, dry sense of humor. Actually, it reminds me a lot of Bill Murray when he was young. Um, James Belushi when he was, you know, in his prime. Uh, because he can make you laugh without cracking the joke. Like, just his mannerisms sometimes are funny. Um, he's very f- quick with, uh, with, uh, you know, the back and forth. And, and it's always, uh, you know, especially if you have a good cast around him that is equally as funny or funnier. He, he keeps up very well with everybody. Doesn't matter if you put him with, uh, with, you know, some of the top comedians at the moment, like, uh, Sean William Scott was Stifler. Yeah. That was hysterical, and they were both Yeah, Role Models, one of the funniest movies to come out of that era of uh, retard comedies, man. Like, those two right. were perfect together. And, and he played the straight guy to, you know, Sean William Scott's, uh, goofy guy. But he was still equally as funny as a straight guy, which, you don't get that in comedy very often. Like that's like saying, which is the funnier, the dumb and dumber guys? Well, they're both dummies, right? But there's always one that's kind of like in some scenes a little straighter than the other when it comes to the back and forth. Paul Rudd is always a straight guy, but he's always equally as funny, and that's very, very rare. And uh, I, I'm excited, you know, to see him in a Ghostbusters uniform as a modern day Ghostbusters. That's going to that's gonna be awesome. I know they're going to go very uh, diverse with the cast. That's one thing I heard. Um, and they're going to include the original cast members, including Bill Murray. Yeah, so, I actually heard that he signed on, which surprised the hell out of me because he's been saying no. Yeah, he's probably going to die. He's probably going to die in the movie. That's the only well, way he. Well, I did hear he was bitter because when he went into the uh, reboot with the ladies uh, Ghostbusters, when he initially went in to read, uh, and this is something that I read recently, you know, why he was interested in doing this one now. They, when they offered him the role, they didn't tell him it was going to be like a two-bit part. They, they actually they told them all, this is Peter Vainman. You're going to be back playing, you know, the main characters. And then at the last minute, they were like, no, 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 no. It's a completely different character. So, but we're going to give you what you want. You're going to die in the Ghostbusters movie, which he wanted. So, spoiler alert, he dies in that movie. But it wasn't satisfying to him because it was like, well, I came back and that's it. 
<laughs> so I think that brought the itch back to get back in there and say, you know what, the fans have been screaming in my ear long enough. Let's make this happen. Even if he dies in the, 20, the first 20, 30 minutes, it's Peter freaking Vainman in a Ghostbusters movie 30 years later, and you get to see him die. That in itself is going to be worth the ticket because he was a funny character. We have a, a legendary actor coming back to a role, uh, which made you know him even more famous than he was already. And uh, it's a role that's near and dear to a lot of people. A lot of people love not only that character, but those two movies. Uh, so much so that they boycotted the, the reboot uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And that movie suffered, I think, mainly because of the way that they were treated. Uh, there was no Sigourney Weaver, no Rick Moranis. It was uh, just a couple of the older guys and very like weird, distinctive roles. that had nothing to do with the original characters. And that pissed off a lot of the fan base because it's like if you're gonna include them, run them in as the original characters, and it would have been so much easier to sell the movie with. They looked this happened twenty, thirty years after part two. Now these women want to like you know restart the Ghostbusters, and they're getting the blessings from the older guys. You would have no issues from the fan base, but you had okay. you know a lunatic director said no, we're gonna turn this upside down and go. All new style, all women all the time, and we're going to make the guys look stupid, and we're bringing the back the original cast, and we're going to make them look stupid, and, and that's we're going, the way it And is. we're going to emasculate, uh, what's his name, Thor. Thor, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah make him look stupid. But, hey, yeah. but Jackal, what, what do you think about this? They cast Adam Driver to play Ben Vinkman, who uh, um, dislikes his father so much he becomes a necromancer, and then he kills his father, Pete Vinkman, at the beginning of the movie. That would be excellent. I, 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 think I would that's buy what they should do. I would buy two tickets for that on opening day. Uh, one for me, and of course I'm going with a group of like at least 30 of my nerd friends who are going to want to see this. And then I'll buy a second ticket just so I can have another seat next to me. So when all the tears of joy are coming out, I have enough Kleenex and all the other stuff sitting right next to me. Because that will be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on screen. That will be hysterical. It will be moving. <laughs> it will be touching. And most of all, I'm on the, there won't be a dry tear in, in the audience from laughing and crying just at the, the, the joy that this movie's going to bring us Ghostbusters nerd. And Adam nerds, Driver's crazy I'm a huge enough, fan. Adam Driver's crazy enough to do it, too, man. Like, did you I see know. that zombie, that Jim Jarmusch zombie movie that he goes in last week? Man, that guy, he's hilarious. I can't believe he's the same guy that played Bendigo hey. Solo. I mean, like, that dude is, he's a I know you dude. have your issues, but I love Adam Driver as an actor. I, I've seen a lot of his work, and I think he's a fabulous actor. I have, you know, I have no issues with Kylo Ren. I think he's a good character. I know you have your issues. Everybody no, has, I don't, you know, I've, I've never really seen him in anything else besides Star Wars. So when I saw him in the, um, the Jim Jarmusch zombie movie, I was just like, dude, that guy's hilarious. Why don't they? Because oh, I think he's pretty funny in Star Wars when he has his little temper tantrums, but like, <laughs> yeah. he's not supposed to be being funny. I just find it funny because like when people act pissy like that, it cracks me up. You know, I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, but I'll, I'll tell you what. There's, there's a, a few movies that I could recommend from Adam Driver. If you haven't seen them in, in a lot of stuff, I mean, besides Girls and Star Wars, obviously, which is what everybody knows, you know, him for. Um, the, he's been in uh, the the Black Clansman. He was a man who was amazing in that movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a great, great film. Check that out. Uh, Hungry Hearts is a really good movie. Also, it's a drama. 
Uh, remember, this is a guy who, who does drama, action. He's, he's a very, very well-ranged doctor. The guy, was a, the guy was a legit a Marine. He got a yeah. hard. He got shot in combat, and then he came back and became a comedian and uh, Kylo Ren and everything else. As, as I hear people like calling him a nerd and all these names, and then I found out that the dude's actually a decorated Marine. With no, he said... He'd, he'd probably kick all of our asses if you hear us making fun of him. He is legit a badass. Like, I mean, he looks skinny and scrawny and tall and weird and goofy and all. But Adam Driver is a legit, like, a killer. He's a badass. Like, he will whoop all our asses. I'm not even kidding. Like, the thing is, when you're a Marine and you come out of that environment, it it, it humbles you because it's such a, a hard life. And I have a lot of respect for our Marine Armed Forces and military. That life is not easy to be, you know, in there and to do what those guys do. So my hat's off to them and everything to do for our country. And Adam Driver is a legit badass. He went in there, did his time, came out, found acting. And, and it's funny because, to me, he is like Barry, like the T-show Barry. If you look at that show, that character on that show is very much what Adam Driver kind of is. But without, the, of course, the homicidal tendencies, the, the murder people, that's... What he hasn't it, done it, yet. It, it's not as exaggerated, <laughs> but but you can right. see similarities. But he came out of the army. He was a badass. He, he decided to go into acting like Barry does. Uh, so there's some similarities in there, and the way he stares sometimes into the camera reminds me of Barry, like the way the, 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 that character is played. Um, and you know the range that Adam Driver shows for a young actor. I mean, the future is really going to be bright for him as an actor. I mean, he's going to be around for a long time, and I see a couple of Academy Awards, you know, in the future for him. He's a very talented dude. I mean, other than a tragedy striking him, I see nothing but good things for him. And he's going to be, one of, I think, one of the few actors, like a Harrison Ford, that's going to come out of Star Wars unscathed and to the point that he's going to be able to do movies and do other things oh, yeah, and have he's a good career. Oh, yeah, he's already doing it. He's right. already doing other things. Star Wars isn't going to define him. I mean, well, he was that's... already like an indie movie um, star, right? Like, um, well, at least like he was in a ton of like did small roles in a ton of indie films. I I didn't see any of them, but I know that he's like he was he was like in a lot of like small festival films like leading up to him getting into Star Wars. So he already yeah. had a pretty decent career going for him when that. No, happened. and he, he post Star Wars like you guys haven't seen the movie Peterson, for example. No, no, I've no, seen no, the no. dead don't die, which he was amazing and dude, like honestly, like <laughs> if you haven't seen that yet, man, check that out. Tilda Swinton, see a redneck lady who with a ninja sword, she'd be killing zombies, man. Bill Murray's up in there. Dead don't die is is great. Like check well, that out. Check out Peterson. Uh, Adam Driver's uh, amazing in that movie, also, and uh, not a huge cast. You know, it's an independent movie. But everybody cast in that movie where it's a bunch of like people, you're like, who's that? Who's that? They all do a great job. Like, it's, it's something that, you know, it's like the LeBron James effect in sports or the Michael Jordan effect. When you have a, an A-list actor, a great actor, even if it's in an independent movie, the other actors around him that might not be great in other roles, they step it up. And you can see that in this movie where you have a bunch of actors that nobody really knows. But they're around such a good actor that everybody like steps up their game, and he is so good in the movie Peterson. And you know, it's, I don't want to like give away what it's about. Just go, you know, rent it, download it, buy the yeah, Blu-ray, no, no. do whatever you gotta do. Watch it. It's a good, good movie. Again, it's a drama comedy. There's no slicing and dicing, no lightsabers, no, you know that. 
but it's a very, very good showing of his range and, as an actor, you know. And, again, it's uh, one of those independent movies you talk about. And this is post-Star Wars, by the way. Yeah, so. well, you, you, you were saying, like, um, um, Harrison Ford, I mean, not just the way he looks, but he's always kind of reminded me of a Keanu Reeves-type character. I kind of see him yeah. because, like, Keanu Reeves did the same thing. He played the indie game, he did his he does his big films, and he goes back, and he, he stays the indie darling, and then he comes back up, he does the action stuff, and then he goes back down. And I think that um, Driver might be kind of more like that kind of a, a star. Yeah. You know, he's always going to be busy, but he's not always going to be in your face. And yeah. I would appreciate yeah. that more from him, to tell you the truth, because he is really good in these little odd films that I keep seeing him pop up in and like like i said like he's he's got that kind of keanos type charm to him you know what i mean like yeah plus they kind of look alike a bit a little bit uh, i could see a similarity uh, by the way speaking of keanu shout outs to him uh word is he is going to join the marvel universe also uh the character is still kind of in that limbo which one he's going to play but right now fans are clamoring for him to take over as wolverine and uh, if that happens, guys, I'm 110% sold. Ted I'll Theodore the... Logan. <laughs> well, there you go. It's already uh, got the name, man. Yeah. You know, he... I... And the facial hair. Have you seen the beard? And the... He looks like Wolverine now. All he needs the hair. That's it. Well, and not only that, Bill and Ted 3 is coming out, guys. So yeah. Yeah. Just, just saying, you know. It's going to be a fun time to be a, a Keanu well, Reeves fan. Well, from what <laughs> I heard, though... Keanu Reeves keeps telling Marvel to fuck off, so I give him mad. I got mad respect for him telling Marvel to fuck off. That's well, no, they, 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 they keep, Kevin Feige is in constant contact with him. From what Feige's been saying, like he contacts him for every movie. Yep. Keanu, he says no. <laughs> well, no, he says that he's not. It's not quite. He's not quite interested in that one. Otherwise, dude wouldn't keep blowing him up. Like Keanu's. Yep. From what dude's saying, Keanu's down to play. He just wants he wants to be something cool that he wants to be, not like oh we needed we need a new Spider Man. Like no man. Like, yeah, like Keanu, go stand over there somewhere. Where this is gonna be a shot in Asgard, and uh, we'll make sure you're 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 credited, and your only line is gonna be, "Whoa, I'm on Asgard." Yeah, no, like from what I understand, they keep saying he's gonna be a um. Him and Selma Hayek are going to be cast in the Eternals, which is basically going to be is basically Marvel's version of New Gods. It was drawn right. by Jack Kirby. The characters look exactly like the New that's Gods. The other, that's the other uh, character that he's been rumored as in Eternals. Yeah, I, I would love to see him in Wolverines. Uh, but you, you put him in anything Marvel right now, and I'm sold. I mean, Cameron Reese is one of my favorite actors working today and uh, probably you know, in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, I love a lot of his movies. Uh, from Dracula to now, like you know, he's he's made some you know cornball movies, but here and there. But I mean, it he's goes, a, a very consistent. It goes back further than that for me. It's basically been Bill and Ted, and then I saw yeah, like, well, a few yeah. indie films he did before. Then like um, Rivers Edge or Rivers mm-hmm. End, like that's a fucked up movie, but it's so good. If you haven't seen that one, check it out. It's like about that um, is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Keanu's like with... Keanu's like a pothead, and like his friend murders his girlfriend, and like um. And then he takes them and shows them the body. It's based on a true story that happened in the mm-hmm. 80s. And, like, oh, dude, it, it, it's so good. Like, um, Crispin Glover's also in it. He's very good. Dennis Hopper's creepy as hell. Like, oh, man. And after seeing that and then, like, watching, like, a lot of his other movies, like My Own Private Idaho and weird stuff yep. that he's done, Indie World, like, the guy's just impressive. He, he does what he wants. He has a mm-hmm. good time while he's doing it. He's one of the 
most genuine, decent human beings living and working in Hollywood. I got nothing but love and respect for the man. I honestly want him to play a Jedi more than I want him to play a Marvel superhero. That would be dope. Yeah. yeah, the man, in my opinion, really is a living, breathing Jedi. But yeah, that's. But I would love to see him as a, as a good superhero too. I don't. I want to see him as a, the right superhero. You know what I mean? I don't want to see them like be like, "Hey, you're, you're he's the new Odin." Well, and then, and then yeah, also, yeah. aren't they bringing our? And also, aren't they? I, I heard they're bringing back the Matrix too. So that means they'll probably use him. So I don't. I mean, no. He's, well, I don't, I don't think they're gonna have Neo. Uh, in this, uh, because it's not a reboot, but it's are a, you kind kidding? Of like as sequel. popular as as popular as Keanu Reeves they don't, is, they don't, be, they'd be yeah. stupid not to. They're not. I mean, that, they're that, not that's like a no-brainer. This is not a flop harder than well, goddamn Air Bud Six if they don't get Keanu Reeves. Well, the the rumor <laughs> is the the main uh, thing here is they're going to have uh, Michael B. Jordan play a young version of. Um, of uh, Morpheus. Morpheus, yeah, Morpheus. That, that so it's, it's a prequel. It's a, it's a kind of like a prequel thing. They call it the Change Tricks, since the directors are not women, so they're going to change it from Matrix to Change. No, nobody. Uh, no. Well, I'm, I'm still doing it. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking, I'm, like Michael B. Jordan, like, he could pull it off. Like he's got enough clout, and yeah, if they do something like that, but if they, if it's going to be a continuation, joking, they don't right? at least have That's like old Neo show up in the movie and like teach the guy how to jump kick or something. Like this, the movie has no chance of having feet. You know what I mean? Like I said, it'd be like like Land Before Time fourteen forgotten level of. Well, hold on, hold on. Now, I just mentioned the directors are going to call this the Change Tricks, and nobody had anything to say about that. I don't I mean, really get it. I mean, it doesn't uh, really matter. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. they went from they went they went from men to Talk women. They, they went from men to women. They must be happy. <laughs> but um, I actually wanted to talk about this on the last show. We kind of ran out of time, and I've actually been interested in this since the story broke. That um, Chris Rock of all people has come up with an idea for a new Saw series. Based in the actual universe, it's not going to be actually be like a reboot or anything. It's going to be a new version of Saw that um, everybody's saying is actually more messed up than the original version. Hold and on, it's on. Started, you say Chris Rock? Yeah, Chris Rock. I'm not listening to you. You're crazy. guy with the big teeth and the... I, I can't do a good impression of him. I'd try, but I'd just probably sound like Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That's yeah, my, that's yeah. my uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Um... The same Chris Rock, the stand-up comedian Chris Rock. Yeah, he's, he. Yeah. I guess he loves horror movies. He's been inspired by Jordan Appeal, and he yeah. wants to. He wants to try his hand at torture porn, and I'm like, wow, he's, but he's the, the hardest torture. Yeah, but here's the thing: Jordan Peel has a creepy demeanor about him to begin with. I, Chris Rock doesn't. Like, I, Chris Rock is, you know, everybody loves Chris. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I love Chris Rock as a comedian, but I don't know if well, if well, he come on, dude. Uh, what was the, uh, what's his name? What the the com- there's a bunch a bunch of comedians made the new Halloween movie, bro. So yeah, it's, well, yeah but that's but he pre- but he pre- he co-produced it. He wasn't in it writing or anything like that. He just put oh, some right. money up and said, "Hey, okay. uh, I want to co-produce this because I'm a, I'm a Halloween fan." Well, but he wasn't like, involved. He wasn't involved in that idea. That's what Rock's doing. 
He's not going to star in this or anything. He just he kind of came up with the idea for um, how this story is going to go. And at the end of the day, dude, it's Saw. After Saw three, that franchise Whoa. fucking sucked anyways. Who cares if he ruins it? I'm actually yeah. interested to see if he can actually make, bring some merit to it because, like, um, I enjoy his comedy and the fact that like he said that like he's he, um, I've watched an interview with him and he was talking about how he loves horror. Nobody ever expects that out of him. He really likes the gory gorehound shit on top of that. Like he's, so he's kind of like me when it comes to horror. And um, you know it's a fledgling, well, it, it, it's a dead franchise. So if he could do something killer with it, I mean, like, and hmm. we also need that we also need to point out. That this isn't just a rumor, and this isn't just something that he wants to do. This is something that actually begins shooting next That's week. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is we're not gonna get punked like we got with the uh, the, the uh, Kenny Powers uh, cracking down on D three. No, no, this thing this thing ran through production. Like, okay. honestly, it was basically announced. Um, I don't know, two shows ago. What was that? Five months. So like it, it it's been it, it seems like it's been fast tracked but it, it doesn't seem like anything's been super rushed because everybody's like really excited about it and it's just moving really well for a small horror film and especially how the first saw came together it mm-hmm. kind of makes me happy to see that this thing's falling together so fast and so swiftly I mean it, it makes me kind of happy because I liked the first three saw films I thought they were actually pretty interesting they weren't groundbreaking or anything i'd already seen stuff like that from japan but um yeah. but it's, you have. Um, yeah mm-hmm. i would like to, fuck you <laughs> I, I like torture <laughs> porn films fuck you but yes, yeah you um, <laughs> but um I, i'm interested to see like chris rock's crazy horror i would actually like he says that he he wants to die in the movie so if they actually have him getting killed in a film that he was a part of i think that that's really cool for uh a big man name in Hollywood to aspire to do in a horror film like that. That's actually something that I would think would be cool too. So it's I never been that. done before. Drew Barrymore and Scream. I mean, I've never seen that happen before. I'm just saying. Did Drew Barrymore have anything to do with Scream? I thought that was all the guy that um, came no, up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. No, she Boston does in the beginning. Well, no, she died in the beginning, but I didn't think she had anything to do with the production of the film. That was the the Dawson's Creek guy and Wes Craven that came up with that. Correct. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but she she was a big star and she died in the beginning. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. The girl in ET died in Scream One. I'm just saying it's happened. It's happened before. Big star. Well, no, 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 yeah, but like, I got you. And Johnny Depp got eaten by his bed in Freddy Krueger, but that was before he was a big star. Hey, nothing person. tops Samuel Jackson getting eaten by a shark. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. When, we're, when I was in theaters and I had seen it happen, I was like, this went from being the worst movie in the world to the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, the funniest thing is, <laughs> like, the, it was, he, like, the shark takes him and, like, swims around. And it's like five minutes later, he comes back to the window. Like, Samuel Jackson's still, like, on the gurney in his mouth. Yeah. And alive. He's, like, still breathing and screaming. So it's like, it's been, like, five minutes, Rennie Harlan. Come on. Well, man. he's like, a, remember, he's a Jedi shark killer. You can't kill him. He doesn't die. He fell out of a window with a missing arm in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And apparently Lucas said, no, no. No, he's still alive. And, uh, yeah, we could... Maybe see uh, Mace Windu back. That was my George uh, Lucas impression, by the way, guys. That was pretty, it, was, it was probably be- it was better than your Bill Clinton. I'll give you that. It was better. <laughs> well, I ain't going to raise the taxes on that one, Hillary. I'll raise something okay. else. Okay, this one, <laughs> I, I am interested in the film. I'm pretty hyped for it. But I think that this, um, 
this is a stupid move and just hype bullshit. Um, the, the producers of The Joker want to premiere it at the Venice Film Festival to begin its for its Oscar run. Like, dude, nice. like, Ledger won an Oscar as the Joker. That doesn't mean every asshole that plays the fucking character is going to get one from now on. Jesus no, Lilo didn't win an Oscar. He got, you know, booted out of the franchise because it sucked so bad. Uh, so not everybody's going to win an Oscar. Jack Nicholson didn't win an Oscar. So, for his uh, picture yeah. of the Joker. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I remember the TV like, show. Uh, kind of uh, looks like it's going to be Ledger-esque. So they're gonna. So it's that's that's why it's like award bait, kind of, you know. Yeah. And look that's at the actor you have. Joaquin Phoenix is that kind of actor where he's entering right. that age right. as an actor. Where now a lot of the roles he's gonna get are gonna be Oscar worthy performances because he. I mean, he's not a young cat anymore. He's now in his forties and he's doing more. You know, like deep type of movies are the ones that win the Oscars. When you get him in a movie like this, which stretches out his acting abilities from anything we've ever seen, because we've never seen him as a bad guy in a, a comic book movie before. He's never taken this kind of role before. But he's well, a Peter, very I good mean, like, yeah, There was a historical drama, but his character in it was very comic book villain-esque, man. Like, Well, this one uh, is directly you know, based on a comic book character, so it's I, a little I, bit I, different. I agree with you. Like, Joaquin can act circles around most people in Hollywood. He could yep. wa- act circles doing the Gungam style dance around Heath Ledger, who won an I Oscar. I believe it. Joker. Yes. Like, yep. um, so I, I, I can see that what you're saying, man. But like, I think it's a little too early to start. Let the, let the fans say that, like, yo, you should you should try to um, you know, show it around to people and have a fan reaction say that, not have the directors dictate it, because it sounds like they're trying to push a narrative to this film, which will might come off Suicide Squad-y, and the movie might, they might be trying to pretend it's this super dark, serious thing, like they did Suicide Squad, and when you actually watch it, the damn thing is a silly sci-fi channel movie. Because, yeah, because, again, this is, because again, this is Warner Brothers we're talking about, so I completely agree with you there, Johnny. That's that's quite quite. But possible. honestly, did anybody take Suicide Squad as being a serious movie? You had like Will Smith, yes, the first the very first trailers for Suicide Squad were dark as hell. For real. Yeah. The, the movie was supposed to be a dark and gritty film. It was what not supposed f- to be the the two bit trailer hacked up comedy that it became. For yeah, real. You remember the press cycle before it? Oh, Dr- David Ayer hires psychiatrists to come to the set because the the, the the stuff that they are talking about in this film is so shocking it might blow the actor's yeah, mind. Yeah, that's and why that's why Warner and Warner Brothers tra- changed all that. See, that's why Jared Leto got pissed because all the stuff that he did for the character of the Joker didn't get shown in the film. He did so much for that character. He's a method actor. He really got into that role and. None of that got shown on screen because Warner Brothers wanted to make it more watered Guardians down and more accessible. They wanted Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Exactly. Well, now they're going to get that. They got directed for it. Guys, we got to hit commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we have more roundtable news. Plus, we have at the end of the hour the top 10 box office results for this past weekend. Uh, it looks like Woody uh, hit another one out the park. We'll be back in a few minutes here on the roundtable on PSN-Radio.com in two minutes. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... 
No. Holy shit. That was the yeah. 10 seconds of uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. And I flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember, I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes, that George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban feller. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel. And more. SupermanHomePage.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. And uh, this is the Roundtable Show on PSN Radio.com. Once again, I want to remind our listening audience, uh, all 13 of you, uh, if you guys want to get the podcast for this show later, it is freely available. If you go to RoundtableShow.com, that's our main website. Again, www roundtableshow.com you can download all the podcasts it's free of charge that means you don't pay a thing to hear this over again and uh, it does have ads in them oh, you know that's uh, part of the plan uh, but if you go to YouTube and check us out on YouTube through the PSM website you can find us there or go to Epic Roundtable on YouTube uh, we do a lot of stuff on there also uh, please subscribe and like our channel give us thumbs up all the way up uh, not that it pays much but it every little helps and, uh, again, uh, com for the main website. Uh, Johnny, what is on the table next, my friend? Well, when we were on break, Zod asked me a question about a DC animated film. And I just, I got to throw a fan infomercial in here. I recently watched the newest edition to the, um, 
DC animated films, the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And oh, oh yeah. my God, if you have not seen this yet, people go get it. It is, it is a fangasm come true. It is, it's, it's up there with the greatest DC animated films. It's like Under the Red Hood and New Frontier and all uh, Gods and Monsters, all the really good classic ones. But it also just feeds the 13 year old inside of you's just everything man it's it's so great you get to see batman eating pizza damian wayne was actually even likable in this movie Whoa. so like if you ever get it if you get the chance just go get it. It, it it is too much fun you'll enjoy the hell out of it if you got kids watch it with them they might become ninja turtle fans out of it they might like batman more because of it i mean just get it it, it is so good dude absolutely I agree. you had me a batman eating pizza like that's something I've wanted to see my whole life. Like I'm Batman. I'll take the pepperoni and pray that there's no anchovies or you're all going to Arkham. Oh, dude, like the Arkham scene is so dope, man. Like I'm not spoiling too much, but let's just say um, Ooze gets no Ooze anchovies Arkham in Arkham. And um, the rogues gallery becomes... Ninja Turtle style mutants and there's a killer fight like it is so dope I mean honestly like it, it's got some of the coolest fight animations you'll see in one of those DC movies like oh yeah just get Pass the killer fries wait what <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely good it's definitely a great animation and it's so awesome that this one is coming just prior to Hush because Hush is the next one yeah so, I mean we I mean they're, they're docking their animated films out of the park that's one division with DC that I you know that I have to give them 100% credit for even if I'm not thrilled with a lot of the stuff that they're doing currently I still love their animated films their yeah. animated films are wonderful got a good point I absolutely yep. love Hush and it's also going to give casual non-reader fans the first look at my favorite and one of the most underrated villains in the Rogues Gallery man Hush himself is so badass and after Everybody sees this animated film. I guarantee you we are going to see that badass in live action soon because he is just too cool. And once you learn about Hush, you can't not want to see him in real life, man. Like, just, oh. So, like, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Hush, Hush, be another should, actually, Hush should actually get his own get his own series on uh, DC Universe. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would watch the ass out of that, man. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I think... It'll probably play better on there too. I mean, they're going to have to like you know as a series. Yeah, yeah, I wanted as I want that storyline done as a series. I think it could it, be a I ten episode series would be great. I mean, that'll that'll play perfect to be able to actually tell you the the backstory and and hopefully they keep it as close to the the source as possible because through that the hush story is very easy to like deviate from. Well, there's so much going on. I mean, like, yeah. every villain's in it. Like, like basically, like, the way that, um, what's his name's new movie sounds, it sounds really like he's really lo- trying to do a hush type thing, because Batman mm-hmm. really does go and, like, knock on everybody's door and knock on everybody's face to find out what's going on to only get his heart broken, because when you find out who Hush is to Batman, it, it's so good. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't read it yet for when the movie comes out, but yeah, like, there's there's so much going on in Hush that if you tried to encapsulate it in, like, more people would try to put more Joker and Harley Quinn in it or something, mm-hmm. and Hush would get the Marvel um, Marvel I think, super I, I think we're gonna, I think because we're getting an animated film, 
we're gonna get a good we're gonna get a good movie. I really do because yeah. they because they're not you know because when because that's one of the things that you know they 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 seem to be doing right, particularly you know recently they've done a lot of great animated movies and i mean they've been well actually i shouldn't say recently because i think they've been knocking them out of the park for a long time yeah yeah, since mask of the phantasm so when you go back when you go back that far it's like they've never had they've never really had a bad one although i yeah but they they, they do like the the hash storyline i mean or the hush storyline i'm sorry uh, I mean, are you going to include Catwoman and I mean all of the the oh yeah they're going to include everybody. To. It's going to be but wonderful. I mean that's that's going to be like I said that's tough because I mean look we've seen before with with Warner Brothers how uh, they can try to include too much into a Batman movie and then it come, it becomes goofy oh, and well, I, see, I don't want to go down that road again even with- even with Robert uh, Sprinkles playing Batman in the future I don't I don't want to go well, I, down well, the, the I, goofy yeah, road I, I, I wouldn't put I'm not putting my faith in in that in that shit. As far as I'm concerned, that Matt Reeves, that Matt Reeves Batman movie is hot air. I still don't think it's ever going to happen. I think it's just, it's all just smoke and mirrors right now. I don't think we're going to get, I, I really think that Sparkles is either going to drop out at some point or Matt Reeves himself is going to step down because I just, I got a bad feeling about it. I don't think it's happening. As far as Hush goes, though, this animated movie is happening. It's real. It's something to look forward to. And, I mean, I, I don't think they can go wrong, to be honest. Well, it, it's That's animated, so uh, it's animated, so yeah. So I mean, it's it's a little bit different than live action, honestly. But uh, even an anime, that's a lot of characters to put in, in one movie. So uh, if they do it on a on a platform like ten episodes, amen. I think they, they could knock that out of the park without a doubt. Well, Hush is going to be um. One of those two parters, like the Batman, um, the Dark Knight Returns, which is a really good format. That, that could work, that, also. Yeah, that, that could work. Uh, uh, well, that's how the animation. Well, that's what they did with. That's out. what they did with uh, Death of Superman. They did the yes. Death of Superman, and then they did the uh, I, Reign of Reign of the Superman, and they did the two. They did the two stories, which, I, which again, that two parter thing for those animated movies is just genius because you're yep. able to because you're able to fill so much. You know, you're able to get so much more in there, and they rather are actually able to do faithful adaptations, which is which is wonderful. The mm. problem with the problem that DC runs into, uh, animated runs into sometimes with some of their films, is not because there's too much to their stories. It's because they try to adapt shorter ones and they try to create new um, content for right. them. Right, right, yeah. Killing like the, joke, the and, killing and, joke. The killing joke is a great example. Yeah, yep. and that, that's how that, that's the few times that they have screwed up in my opinion but when they follow the script like their year one movie oh my god it's so good i wish it was mm. I, I wish it was colored a little darker that's my yeah. own gripe with it it's a little too bright but it's so good like the dark knight returns like they, basically everything looks is lovely you know what i mean they, they do a great job the only time that they drop the ball is when they try to do a, uh, a story that's too short and they try to invent something new for it even even okay even the superman shazam return of the black adam that they did <laughs> that was a short that was a short story and they kept it short they didn't yeah. try to make it. They didn't. That was an example of them doing a short story right. And I, I guess with the Killing Joke, they just wanted to make it longer so that they could justify, I guess, the, whatever their promotional release plans were. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of because Killing Joke isn't really that long of a story. So you could they no. could have 
they could have told the whole story in under an hour. I mean, yeah, it, probably it, about a half hour drawing it all, out all the way, and probably run about that because it's thirty to forty minutes tops. Yeah, they well they include a lot in, in uh, killing joke, just uh, filler in the beginning, but uh, yeah, because the, the books it books like forty eight pages. I mean, like yeah, I, I, it's a really really thin trade paperback I have. I mean, it's it, it's it's one of the greatest ever, and I. I want to like the movie. I think that when they actually get to the point of the comic in the movie, it's decent. But, oh, yeah. my God. And I love Brian Azzarillo. He's one of my favorite writers. I actually really love most of the stuff he's written for Batman. That's why I'm so disappointed that he wrote that add-on stuff for the that movie, and it was so terrible. I'm just like, come on, dog. You're yeah, my- I mean, it's another example of, like, of like not really fitting, uh, you know, the tone of, of the material. Like, you can't go from... To go from Alan Moore well, to all that extra shit that they threw no, in there. No, but, like, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. I mean, when you watch it though, I mean, it, it makes sense if you, if you forget about the book itself and you just watch it. Like, you, like, pretend you never read the book. You just watch it just to watch it. And, and if it, it fluently connects Well, what it was to the, was that they the wanted, what well, I think the reason why was because they wanted you to care that bad. about Batgirl. That's what it was. They wanted you to care right. about Batgirl, so that's why they, they gave us all to. that extra stuff. Because they had to establish that Batgirl was was, Who she like was. super yeah. super important in the story, so that the emotional beat of her getting shot by the Correct. Joker spoiler was would resonate with the audience. That's the only well, reason why they did. But all that's that. that's what's going to be a, that's what's going to be the difference between reading a, a, a book or a novel compared to the movies because the movies you have well, to narratively like show an audience something you gotta, and you have to make them connect to the characters well, they, they in a visual way. Better, though they could they could have endeared Bat Batgirl to you. After being shot, because after she gets shot, she actually becomes, and most people in my mind too, a way more interesting character when she becomes Oracle. She starts leading birds of prey. They could have yeah, added more exactly. into the film of her teaching Cassandra Kane how to whoop ass. That would have been way more interesting than bat sex in a dirty alley, man. Like I'm just saying. Now, for me personally, like I would have loved that way better. Right, and I and I didn't appreciate that either. I didn't like the relationship that they developed between Batman and Batgirl. I thought that was especially because you hmm. look at them using the animated series voice actors, so you're thinking about this entire time the animated series established the relationship between Dick Grayson and Batgirl, and then you're turning around over here and you've got Batman, you know, screwing her on a rooftop. So it's kind of like you're, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't sit well with me either, all those additions, but... Well, know. none of you guys ever banged one of your friend's ex-girlfriends? I mean, I have. Well, well I, no, I can't say... I'm just saying. Dick Grayson ain't his friend. Dick Grayson's actually, a have. kid, basically. Yeah, like, that's more like banging your kid's girlfriend. Yeah, but not really. Yeah, no, he raised him, man. Like, those guys, they slept in the same bed a few times. I mean, like, Dick and Bruce, they're we, we don't like to discuss that because it brings up a whole, like, thing of pedophilia and uh, with James Gunn now. In the DC Universe, that's kind of like, you know, hush, hush. Well, what happened about the, the Constitution when hush. you were telling me on Twitter hush. this week? You get hush. it? Okay, hush. Okay, never mind. Hush, okay, never mind. hush is going to be... Hush is going to be good, though. We could, we could, we could yeah. all take comfort in that. Hush is going to be awesome. So um, I'm looking for more news while we're discussing this, and I I can't find much to talk about. There is obviously a new Charlie's Angels, and all the girls are very good looking in it. 
Um, I guess Elizabeth Banks, of all people, is directing it, and it looks like, I, hmm. I don't know her name, the, the girl from um, Twilight is going to be in it as well. Uh, are all the Twilight people getting new jobs right now all of a sudden? Like, is that a thing that's happening in Hollywood? Is it like Hired Twilight People Month or something? Um, apparently, uh, they want to see more sparkling in the daytime. I still, uh, I still believe, I still don't think that this Battens and stuff is going to happen, man. I, I, I mean, I, you're I, in I, denial, I just, sir. I just, no, I don't think I'm in denial. I, I just have this feeling that Deep something denial. is going to happen that's going to keep it from happening. Like, I just, it's, there's just something about it. I don't, and I don't know why, but there's something about it that just isn't sitting right with me. Like, not even, not even a feeling like, okay, me saying this because, oh God, I, I don't support this or whatever. That's not even the feeling I get. The feeling I'm getting is just that it's just not gonna happen. It's just something that they, they're gonna, it's gonna implode somehow. And, you know, it's gonna be vapor. I, I just, I don't know where I'm getting this from, but I'm just getting this feeling like. Well, don't, don't, we'll, let never, it go, we'll never man. see it. I've been, I've been in the same rut myself for, for years now. As, as long as Channing Tatum has been announced to play Gambit in, in the next minute movie, <laughs> I have been like, you. I am like, it's not happening. That movie's never going to get made. It's going to implode. Either he's going to fall out or no one's ever going to direct it. And you know what? It's worked out for me. Like that movie. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Happen. That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling right now. Like, this is not going to ever happen. It just, it no, just if I won't for you happen. Too, that, it worked for me, man. It really, really worked for me. I, 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 I do not, Marvel now owns it. I, all that shit's been canceled. All them contracts are torn up. So unless Channing Tatum comes to the house of mouse and starts sucking really hard, like I, I, it's not happening so like it might work for you too man like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spit on your dream go ahead I, mean, I don't think i mean here's the thing i don't think i'm not saying that i think pattinson is a bad actor okay i think pat but I'm just he's saying just that not bad i just like, don't think i just don't think that this is going to happen i think either he's going to drop out or matt reeves is going to drop out either way if that happens this 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 scenario is not going to occur and that's what that's what i believe i just have this feeling like it's just it just won't happen matt reeves needs to step up because his his monkeys trilogy is done he's gotta he's gotta put another hit like that out or he's gonna get forgotten because like yeah he has a bit of hype to his name now because he put out a couple blockbusters in a row that was a pretty successful trilogy ironically to in my opinion at least he didn't even direct the best one i thought the best one was the first one before he came on board he didn't even direct the franco one and to me the franco one was the best yeah. one of the three so I, i'm just i'm just the, putting that out that there legit made me cry man that shit with john lithgow and caesar that that was yeah really that was brilliant and that wasn't like i said that wasn't even his film so for me i'm just kind of like he got all this hype off of the two movies he did and it's been he's been taken forever to you know, get his script done and all that with this Batman stuff. I just don't. I, I'm just. I'm like. I'm yeah, but in his in his defense though, in his defense though, he came in when uh, Ben Affleck was still attached to the role as director and as the actor, and then Ben, of course, stepped aside as the director, and they spent several months trying to come up with a script until Ben left the project. So, yes, this is taking longer than normal. But I think it's because of other forces. I don't think it's so much Matt Reeves that's taking, you know, long. I think it's getting the script right that's taking a long time. And 
getting away from actors who don't necessarily want to be a part of this anymore. Look, Ben Affleck, for I hate him or love him, I think after the, the backlash and the movie's not being as successful as it could have been, he took that to heart, and he wanted to wiggle his way out of playing Batman really he badly. Also, he also fell into a bad place, man. He went he went he hard did. back into substance abuse because of the stuff yes. that he was going through, and the man really needed a break, whether or not, you know, like trying to force him to work in the state that he was in. Well, it's he, not even too much of that. Look, Nick Nolte plays, you know, whatever you give him a check for, and he's always constantly drunk or high of heroin. So that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and if you have a, a little bit of a substance problem, and it means just you drink a lot and play a lot of poker, I have no sympathy for that. And Ben Affleck, for whatever he's going through in his personal life, he still is, is a competent director and actor, and he should have, you know, been there for the movie. But he literally, I think, after the backlash said, you know what, I'm not doing this again. He, I signed, put up on, he signed on for Snyder's vision. That's why he came on. <laughs> right. He didn't come well, on well, for that. What, what killed but him he didn't, was, he was didn't all, expect. This, all this backlash and bullshit right. afterwards. He's not. He he's not, he's not I, I don't blame him for, for walking away. Personally, I just think that Sparkles just isn't. I just don't think that Sparkles is going to end up doing it. I, I I really don't. I mean, it's just like really they're gonna they're gonna. This is what they're doing. I mean, I, I I've seen him in a lot of in a lot of movies, uh, and particularly I like him in uh, what's that movie Johnny Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis and The Rover. He was very good in both those films. Very he's good in those actor. films, but he's still not. He's a good competent actor, but he's still not. Batman. He's yeah, but remember, and and, I, and I'm with you. I'm not. I'm just trying for the devil's advocate here because I'm, I'm not sold on Pattinson as Batman either. But we we could say the same thing about Michael Keaton and look how great you know. He no, but turned I, out. I'm not saying it like that. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying I don't see him actually doing it. I'm not. Yes, saying you he, say he that, and it. for I'm a not, million. But, I'm just not pers- I just but don't Zai, see him actually doing the, it. Like, I, I, I understand that, and I'm uh, 100% with you. But just like you, there were millions of people who said the exact same thing about Michael Keaton when he was hired to do Batman. They're like, Mr. Mom? They, there was town. a petition, uh, like 50 million people signed it. They tried to get Barack Obama to make a federal law to make Ben Affleck not play Batman in BVS. Like, it, it, this happened on the on the Internet. It, that might have the been the only thing that would have saved, uh, by the way, the, the Obama years. If you would actually stop that, that would have been, been kudos to Obama. Well, but, but it's a thing that happened. It, it, there were a lot of people that didn't think that Ben Affleck had the chops to do it. And for the most part, he proved him wrong. He was a pretty cool Batman. He just got the Dendry Garfield treatment and didn't get to be in particularly well film, good films. But like, I think what he showed was promising. And I actually feel robbed that I didn't get to see him play Batman in a yeah, Batman. I wanted, his, I, wanted his, shit. I wanted his solo film so bad, too. But what I'm saying is... It's not like I can't accept another actor playing the role because I understand that's reality and that's life, but I just don't can't see I just don't see this guy ex- doing it. I I, th- I just think he seems like he seems like he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those real flaky types, and I think he's gonna drop out. I just have this feeling. I- I think I think if it goes through, his, his Batman is going to be very comparable to Val Kilmer's. He's going to be a very cocky, snotty, attitudinal, up, head up his own ass type of Batman. Um, 
which he's he's good at playing those roles. You saw Cosmopolis, and that, that's where I, I'm getting this from because that's kind of his air of arrogance that he can put on. He he does. I don't think he has much of a range besides from being kind of cocky. And um, I think if he works that well, I mean, he could be a pretty enjoyable Batman because Val Kilmer's my, in my top three of the ones that have played him in live action so far. So um, it's it's neither here nor there. I can't really think of anybody that's out right now that I would be super excited to hear that they were playing Batman. Yeah, like at this I mean, point, at this like, point it, would be, it would be nice if they got an unknown actor. You know, honestly, they, you know, you're, you're, you know, there's millions of actors out there. They don't have to go with... But but Pattinson, because he's been doing a lot of like indie movies and stuff like that, he's kind of he's looking for something else, right, to get him back, get him up in the more in the mainstream. Well, that's how you, that's, that's how you stay relevant. You do your indie movies, you do your action movies, you do your Hollywood big pictures. Yeah, you, if yeah, you he's land a role like he's following the look, piano um, method basically. Like, I can't I can't blame the actor because I mean, they have point, look, hold on hold on point, guys. I, I can't blame I can't blame that. the actors yeah. because I you know if I was handed the role of Batman I'd be like okay I'll be the first Latin Batman I'll do it even though I know I'm gonna suck in it but I mean you can't blame the actor for saying it's Batman why not you know I'll give it a shot so I'm not putting blame on him um, I personally don't see it but I, I'm interested because you know Matt Reeves is involved and look. You you both did say that your favorite um, movie in the trilogy of the uh, apes that came out, the Marys did direct the second and third, was the first movie, right? You guys said that. Well, I like um, all three, but the first one has the most impact. Right. It, 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 okay. Yeah, it has it a lot of impact. That's, that's, watch yeah. where I'm going with this. Have either of you guys heard of Rupert Wyatt? The silence tells me you guys have no idea who that is. I didn't hear you. You cut yeah, off. You cut off. Oh, okay. I heard. Oh. That's all I heard. Rupert Wyatt. Rupert Wyatt. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is Rupert Wyatt? I mean, I've heard. I've heard of him. Okay. I know the name. I just don't. Rupert know. Wyatt is from England, from yeah. the UK. He's also the director of the original first of the yeah, Apes movie, Rise of the Planets. So you guys, I mean, he's he, he, this is his uh, directing uh, slate. Subterranean in 2001, nobody saw that. The Escapist in 2008, nobody saw it. So he had a, like a six-year gap, did nothing. Then he did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Huge you know, movie out of nowhere, your favorite of the three. And then he disappeared. He did The Gambler, which is an independent movie. Captive State. In 2014 and 2019, individually. So he hasn't worked often. He's done um, six movies to date. He has uh, one of the production now called Storm King, which I don't know anything about. But, again, this is an actor, uh, I mean, a director came out of nowhere, and he directed your favorite of the Apes trilogy. So, uh, you know, Matt Reeves, maybe this is what he was born to do, do a Batman movie. Look... I, I'm going to be open-minded about it, even as Sparkles is Batman, because yeah. at the end of the day, I do trust the director. I think I, I've seen him incompetent and enough directing, uh, you know, movies that I've enjoyed that I can, you know, I can say, okay, he's incompetent to a really good director. The Russo brothers didn't do anything that was 
tremendous before they did the Avengers. They, they did. They did sitcoms on TV, basically, right. before they did Freaks and Captain Geeks, America. I mean, and they became yeah. the, the kings of action films out of nowhere. Now, look at the Russo it, brothers. Exactly. So you got to stay open-minded because some directors and actors alike, uh, they come around and they're, you know, they might suck in a lot of things. They might not work a lot, but... They're good in one particular movie and one particular role, or as directors, they're good for that genre. Like Tim Byrne, I I don't like most of his stuff, but his original Batman was epic. You you can't take that away from the guy. I mean, being in 1989 and, you know, being with Michael Keaton, a comedian, and, uh, you know, Jack was also not exactly the, the ideal Joker. I mean, you know, he was able to put together a movie that was, it felt like a comic book Batman movie. Um, it looked like Batman. It looked like a like you know an adaptation we weren't used to seeing in live action. Uh, it was something completely different from the Cappy stuff we see on TV uh, prehand. So I mean, it was a, it was modern. It was not taken to to be a joke which after he did Superman 1, 2, through 4 by the 4th one it was mostly campy 3 and 4 were campy, jokey movies so going into that Batman movie people are like well is Warner Brothers going to deliver or is this going to be another like hokey, campy, jokey movie and while the movie has the Tim Burton campiness to it he, out of the 4 movies that came out in the 90's that 89 still sticks out as the best one for yeah, reason. for for real. For reason. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, well I, I'm like this when it comes to it. I I I love comic books, and um, you can't really get under to the underground where I love without the big two, the staples, Marvel and DC, both being competent, both putting out quality shit. Now, if Matt Reeves can make a good to decent, wonderful. Batman film with Sparkles the Vampire and gets people loving it. That means that when the Vin Diesel Bloodshot movie comes out um, in February, that means more people will be looking at Valiant. That means I might, and if they, they have a really good Batman film they can write off of, they could do Ninjak or Ray or one of their more kind of action, flying right. type heroes like Batman. Um, Dark Horse might get more ambitious, try to make a movie for X or you know one of those heroes that I really like. You know, like these guys have to they really need to, both sides really need to get their shit together and start making better stuff so the stuff I love can finally get, I can finally see it in live action because it's happened here or there. I got a season of Deadly Class before Sci-Fi Channel canceled it like assholes, which is heartbreaking. But you know what? It opened a whole like thousands and thousands of people's eyes to Image Comics, to Rick Remender, to what's going on beneath the heroes and tights bullshit. So. What I want is happening slowly, and it, but it will happen faster if a Batman movie comes out and it's huge. If they can make a new Justice League film that makes a billion dollars, just like the Marvel films do, that way the people will be like, "Hey, let, 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 let's check out what those Vault guys are doing because kids like their books." I I see positive reviews on them on Twitter all the time. Let's make a Savage Swords movie. Let's make a Frindo movie. And dude, like I would kill to see that, and that is why. I am supporting the shit out of whatever those companies put out at this moment. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to, as a comic book fan, and to see what I want to see in my lifetime. That, that that's just the that's just the horse I got to bet on. You know what I mean? And I like Matt Reeves' movie film so far. Sure, he didn't direct my favorite Apes movie, but I mm-hmm. like the two that he made enough. And yep. as much as it hurts for me to say it, 
I've seen Sparkles in a couple films, and I think the kid's magnificent. I think he's got some real chop, <laughs> and I think that he could play a pretty decent Batman, at least as competent as Val Kilmer. So if, if I, that's all I get out of it, that's fine, and that'll probably make a good almost billion dollars and be a successful Batman movie. And Yeah. I'll ride into the sunset on that bitch. You know what I mean? That's fine. I don't me. think so. I think if it comes out and it happens, it's going to flop. I really do. <laughs> All <laughs> right. You found Girl's Time Machine then? <laughs> it's going to flop. I, it's going to flop. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you, because in the, the, the idea, it, it just, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I really, I don't, I don't see... I don't see positive things when I think about this, well, and I'm I mean, taking I'll... and I'm taking my own personal opinion out of it. I just don't see see it being being a success. I just I, I don't know. Well, there's I, I, there's I something see, about I the project. I, I don't know. Here's here's something you guys haven't touched on, and I'm surprised no one of you has seen or talked about this. Uh, and if this casting goes through, I'm 100% behind, uh, Patterson Batman and Matt Reeves Batman, but, uh, there's a strong rumor going around that, uh, one, uh, former Home Alone, uh, kid might be taking up the role of the Joker in his, uh, Batman universe. Macaulay Culkin is rumored, uh, to be looking into, uh, possibly playing the Joker or the Riddler in Matt Reeves' movie. With inclinations being more towards a younger, uh, well, he's not that young anymore, but a younger looking Joker than, of course, Joaquin Phoenix is. And that, of course, uh, established that this is a different universe than what Joaquin is doing, which will be, uh, kind of awkward to have two, three, you know, separate Jokers going on. If, uh, Jared Leto is to ever get no, back it'll be to just like, it'll be just like, it's just like the comics. It's a multiverse, yeah. so it's possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's like, like I always tell people, man, I go to the comic books, they got Batman, they got Batman and Robin, they got Detective Comics. You look at each side, one of them, Batman's doing different shit. The Joker's drawn a different way. The Riddler's fighting him in this one. It, 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 I, I don't mind seeing that in live action. And from what I understand, like, the Joker's not even going to be the main heavy in this movie. He's basically just going to be somebody that, um, Batman drops in to ask stuff. He, from what I understand, he's going to be locked up. So it's going to be Arkham visits for him. So they, they Macaulay Culkin, it's not the greatest choice, but it's interesting. It's funny. You know what I mean? Especially how golem looking he's gotten in his older age. So I'll tell you what, there's, there's fan art of him as the Joker, and it's pretty spot on. Um, I, I, in fact, of all the actors I've ever seen, um, dressed up as a Joker or done as a man up as a, a fan art. Uh, his face fits the the role pretty good. Uh, look at the uh, link I just sent you guys here on I, Skype. I, unless it's him doing the Home Alone, like hands on his face screaming. I, I, I <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to see. Uh, that, if until I see that, like I'm not looking at at promotion art for his Joker. Like, but yeah, no, I, I'm game. I don't I don't see why not. I don't think that the Joker is a particularly hard character to nail down. I think that I've heard so many people do great versions of his voice in the animated films. Like a lot of people like Mark Hamill's. I love Mark Hamill's, but in the, a lot of the movies, they've gotten several different people that have done just as good of variations. Oh, of them. absolutely! Um, right. Yeah. One of my one of my favorites is in this um, low budget film that these guys made. It was like Batman versus Aliens versus Predators, and uh, the guy that played the Joker in it was Chekhov, the guy that played Chekhov's son. And yes, he was fantastic. Yeah, that was, he was that was exactly. bo- that was Boner from Growing Pains. That yes, was, uh, <laughs> that was. 
he unfortunately committed suicide. Though, yeah, so he's not with us rest no in more. peace. Yeah, oh, really? Man. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Because dude, he looked exactly like and he and he nailed the role. Oh, he did a fantastic job with the role. So, well, take a look at, at the uh, Macaulay Culkin uh, fan art. There, he looks a lot like that Joker. Well, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm not like one of these guys that's tied down to like, oh man, you got to be super, some super type of actor to, to tackle the Joker because I've seen, I've, you know, I've seen so many different versions. I love Cesar Romero's. I like Jack Nicholson's um, Ledger's. It's not my favorite, but I can see why people dig it. You know what I mean? Like, we've gotten so many interesting versions. I hope to see more. I don't want actually want to see anybody copy anybody else's. And from the most part, it doesn't look like anybody's planning on doing that anytime soon. So if Molly Colley Culkin shows up in a striped sweater and he actually plays Kevin McAllister with clown makeup on that would be epic you know what i mean like i mean i have no problem with that casting i think that would be actually pretty funny so i'm down if that's if that actually happens yeah also, I'm, I'm into uh, it. Um, <laughs> you're not into it no no i'm into it i dig it i think it'll be good casting because well, i've also heard that um i forget his name um john holt the guy that plays the beast he played nux in fury road i heard he's yep. probably going to be cast to play the riddler which I think is great casting because the fucking guy looks like Ed Nigma right out of the books, man. Like especially when you see him with the glasses on and he's playing Hank McCoy. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, dude, get that kid. He's gonna be epic as the Riddler. Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the cast that they're talking about, I think sounds pretty fun. I mean, I, I, like I said, like I'm open to whatever. I'm not emotionally attached to Batman as much as some people are. I mean, I love it. I, I, I have a lot of I have an affinity for the character. There are several runs that I, I care deeply for, but at the end of the day, it's not my top, um, my, not my top shelf shit. Um, so uh, I, I, I have a little bit more liberty in what I think is okay. You know, kind of the same thing with Spider Man, like. I, they're cool, you know. I, I dig them, but like, I'm not, I'm not gonna get mad if they they, they take a sharp turn and do something fun and interesting because right. it, it's it's whatever. You don't want to see the same thing over and over again. And we've seen the them do the Ultimates in Spider-Man over and over again. That's why I'm kind of happy that the the new Spider-Man movie looks the way it does because it looks so left of anything they've done before. Even the the Spider-Man movie they had right before this. I mean, like, it looks. Actually, good, which kind of hurts the way, my feelings. Because I dislike Tom Holland as Spider Man so much. Well, I'm going to actually say something about Spider Man in a second, but uh, you know, the, the casting of Batman came down to Sparkles and uh, Nicholas Holt, funny enough. Uh, he was considered for Batman and for Superman. And uh, it's funny because they still looking at him as possibly, uh, you know, suiting up as Superman. Which would be ironic because Brian Singer a couple of years ago said if he was given a chance to redo Superman Returns, he would have made a complete reboot, not done what he did, which was connected to the Christopher Reeve Superman, and he would have used Nicholas Holt as a young Superman. So it's almost like Warner Brothers is like saying, hmm, well, the, Brian might- Singer laid that uh, idea out there. That's not a bad... And, you know, Nicholas Holt was good in X-Men. Not great. He fits the age. He's 29. Um, has the height. Semi-build. You could, you know, bulk him up a little bit. Yeah, if he's playing Superman, they're going to have to feed him, man. He's skinny. Yeah, he's super thin. But I don't know. Do we really need another, uh, you know... British Superman. I, I think know. I think they should go with if they're gonna if they ever recast Superman, they they might as well do uh, do that uh, alternate Earth Superman and just make it Michael B. Jordan. Be done with it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, how many? I mean, I mean, how many Clark Kents do we need to have? I mean, come on. But and do we really want to see Michael B. Jordan in that role? I mean, I'm open for the uh, the change and have you know an alternate Superman. You know, a, a brother playing Superman. It's not going to be you know Clark Kent. Obviously, it's uh, no. It'll be Kelvin. I can't remember right. what his last Ellis. name is. Kelvin Ellis. Yeah, Kelvin Ellis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, the, the, if, if, if not, um, Michael but B. Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he's great, Boyega. but I mean, he's on everything. Let's give somebody else a chance. John Boyega. You know what? That's not bad. He's he actually kind of thick already. He's not as scrawny as Michael B. Jordan. No, so no, they no. wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to bulk him up as much. No, but he's, he's kind a, of short. But he's a very likable actor. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, even in Star Wars, I mean, it was see what we want to say about the movies. He came off, and he comes off as a very likable character. Finn, he reminds, one of my favorite characters he reminds, in movies. He reminds me a lot of Denzel Washington. Like, <laughs> the facial expression. As a young man. Denzel, kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a, and look, he's done movies about aliens and comic books and dramas. Again, an actor who has a lot of range. He can be funny. He can do action. So I mean, and he's not Michael well, B. Jordan. I, uh, hey, that—that's all for me. That's about. Uh, that's where Superman would have to go if they're gonna if they're gonna actually have the balls to reboot Superman again. Then they then that's what they need to do. They need to do yeah. the, do the different Superman. They need to go with Calvin Ellis. I agree. I, I mean, honestly, shit. that's yep. why I was. That's why I was so pissed about the um, Tom Holland. They basically made him White Miles Morales. At this point, they might as well have just did. A Miles Morales movie. Uh, the end of the Spider Verse proved that people love the character. Like he would have worked fine in live action. Well, Miles yeah, Morales is alive though. But Miles is alive in this universe, and the the, the character that Danny Glover played in um, in in uh, the, the Batman, I mean the Spider Man uh, Homecoming. Uh, he's the cousin of Miles Morales. So literally, not only is he in the universe alive and well. But they mention his cousin, which I, it's like mentioning him, which eventually I think you're going to actually see them transition yeah, to kill, a Miles Morales character. Kill Pete character. off and, and bring out Miles. Kill Pete Miles. off, just like in the Ultimates, you kill off yeah. Peter Parker and you finally allow Miles Morales to be in. The, and because and because DC Comics is a multiverse, you could bring in Calvin Ellis as Superman, and you don't have to worry about it being a confusion. This way, you don't even have to worry about anything else. They want to say they can they can take all the time they want with Henry Cavill's contract yep. or whatever, or not ever bring Clark Kent back again, whatever, because they'll be focusing on a different Superman. Yep. I'm and all for I, that. I mean, by the That's well. a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. And it gives... They, uh, they can uh, build uh, that up into an, uh, into an arc that leads to, into, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths, or at least Crisis right, on Two Earths, right. which would exactly. be amazing, which would be, like basically doing their own version of Endgame, which would be exactly opposite, though, because it would be them fighting alternate versions of themselves, which, I mean, like, which DC should probably be developing instead of having them fight Darkseid right off the bat anyways, because it's too close to fucking Thanos, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I would think that them doing, like, a crisis story would be way more interesting and way more beneficial for them I as, could as see, a company. I could see a crisis story happening down the line, especially since you got CW thinking that they're smart enough to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I think is going to be an ultimate, ultimate disaster. But the idea of, of a Crisis on Infinite Earths live-action movie would be great, because then you could include 
all of you can include the multiverse. You yeah, can you include can bring the, you can bring Cavill and uh, Ben Affleck back when once they finally got their shit. No, together. no, no, yeah, no. Ben is done. <laughs> I don't know, but they no, could. They could but you could, and there we go. You hell, hell, you could even in that you could have Michael Keaton back too because it's a multiverse. So you can you'll be like eighty by the by different... time we get right, to this but movie. But that's <laughs> the idea. That's the idea, though. Batman Beyond. That's the idea. You yeah, have that multiverse. It's yeah, a multiverse, got... though, bro. So see, that's so, what so I, that's so what I want to see as the next Batman project. I want to see yeah, a Batman Beyond. Honestly, for real, this, bring out yeah. Terry McGinnis already. God damn it! I want to. I've wanted to see that since the animated series ended. Like, yep. so good. It's probably one of my favorite Batman ever. Like, Terry by McGinnis the way, guys, um, just uh, before we get to the uh, box office results, uh, I wanted to get to this with Spider-Man related. Like I said a minute ago, uh, the first. Reviews are in for Spider-Man: Far From Home, it sucks. and uh, no, actually, uh, reviews are. I've been glowing. Uh, ComingSoon.com. Uh, uh, Scott Chitwood said, that "Far From Home, uh, the film." He says, "Chitwood." Thank you. Uh, no, no, no. It's with a C. C H I T Wood. Chitwood. Not like shit wood, but Chitwood. Shit. Chitwood. Chitwood. Not Chitwood. Chitwood. But anyway, uh, Shithead, I mean, Chit Wood said that the, the film, uh, to be a triumph, he did not know, uh, he didn't, uh, know that, uh, that it had some plot similarities with another superhero film, but he, uh, he didn't say which one. He said overall, though, it's a lot of fun. It may actually be my favorite movie of 2019 so far. And that, of course, is, uh, kind of, you know, weird because of Endgame that came out. Uh, and he uh, said this is a little better. He enjoyed it. Uh, and he, uh, it was glowing about Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, saying that he was sub, uh, he was suitably dashing in his role as uh, Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio. He said the film is uh, grandly entertaining, uh, culminating in the MCU's Wild Crawler's uh, journey so far, mainly due to its sweet humor, clever commentary, and definitely action sequences that are, he says, uh, set the table for some of the, the more exciting new adventures ahead for Spider-Man in, in his place in the MCU, which is exciting because, I mean, he's on a dining time soon. Um, other reviews have come in, uh, for example, from comic book resources. Uh, they came out saying that it's uh, to be a perfect Avengers Endgame epilogue. Uh, reviewer Josh Bell said, as uh, was the case in Homecoming and the entertainment uh, to teen comedy is there and, and is drawn out as well as could be here as the action and the filmmakers succeeded with the blending of both aspects. He also notes that it works as a, uh, a warm, funny high school dramedy and an exciting action adventure movie and an old-fashioned superhero supervillain battle. Uh, and he says, but needs to save the universe when you can accomplish all that in one movie, you have this movie. So I'm excited. Look, I'm a Spider-Man yeah. fan. I didn't like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 all that much, even though I enjoyed the second one a little bit more than the first. I know really? most people like to say, how can that be? I, it, it was kind of goofy. I enjoyed the whole thing where Electro was kind of like uh, Jim Carrey's, you know, Riddler. 
It was kind of like Riddler-esque. It was the exact same character. Just yeah, just basically. So just I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, if the movie's going to suck, at least it's going to give me something to laugh at, you know? The first one was just, I, I just didn't like it. So at least that had, you know, a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's funny. It's kind of like biting the uh, old Batman stuff, but uh, I'm not saying, like, what's two times zero? Mm-hmm. Right? Still on. Well, I, mean, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Like, I, I like I like the idea of Spider-Man. Usually he's not as cool as people try to make him, but this film is going to have really heavy um, Nick Fury in it, which, yes. in my opinion, really helped Captain Marvel. I think that the fact that yep. he was such a huge co-star on that made the film really neat and showed you some of the backbone of the Marvel Universe on accident, which I think was lacking in the earlier films, and I'm happy that, like... They finally did it, and it was in a film that actually felt very genuine. So the fact that he is so involved in this film looks great. I like the stuff between Aunt May and Happy. That 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 mm. is that is gold. That has me cracked up. I have I'm in love with Zendaya, so yeah, I'm gonna check it out for that. And um, yeah, no, Jake Gyllenhaal's my boy, so I was definitely gonna watch him kick Peter Parker's ass for two thirds of the movie until he finally loses. But <laughs> Whatever, like it's it, it looks it looks great. Like I went, I saw the trailer. I've seen a couple trailers for it. The first one I saw when I went and saw Endgame, and I was like laughing at it, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, man! I just actually enjoyed watching a Tom Holland Spider Man trailer. This does not bode well for my hatred for that little turd. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it is whatever. Um, I'm actually kind of getting more and more open to Spider Man as like his comic books are getting better, and I right. got the movie. Um, into the Spider-Verse last year, which is probably one of the greatest Marvel movies ever made. Agreed. Definitely the best Marvel animated film ever and one of the best superhero movies. I, I love it. I actually love that it won an Oscar, and I usually hate movies that win Oscars. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this film on multiple levels, and that's kind of odd for me to say because you guys know how I felt about Homecoming. So, threat that. There you go. Um, which is a, a good segue into the uh, box office uh, for the week. Uh, the homecoming is not in there, but we do have a, a movie that refuses, uh, to ever stop going into production, and that's Toy Story, and that we're gonna talk about that in a movie, uh, about movie. There's three sequels that did not need to happen, but they're all great! I don't know how that happens. Uh, yeah, there is a new one, I'm watching But, uh, let's go into that, uh, for a second, guys, and, uh, knock that out of the park, cause we're don't almost out of time. So let's uh, go ahead and check out the uh, top ten results here. Number ten, Dark PM, Dark Phoenix. There we go from Fox. Three, three million. The, the, the X Men's Death Rattle. The X Men yes. franchise's Death Rattle. That's what that's what the movie shall be called. That is all it is. It's Darker <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. Ironically enough, though, Dark P- uh, Phoenix has brought in worldwide two hundred thirty-four million dollars. Of course, uh, not a lot of that is from the U.S. as it's only been in, but in domestically t- to date, sixty-one million dollars. Uh, so it's it's done well internationally with one hundred seventy-two. That's saving it from being a complete bust. So it's uh, it's turning a profit. It's going to be a, at least a profitable movie in some sense, not a highly profitable one, but they're going to at least not lose a whole lot of money. Well, no, no, no. Well, nobody's losing money on it. Like basically, Fox paid for it but like they're not around anymore like disney everything that that movie makes is just 
is just cream for Disney. Like they, they, they don't win anything. Well, if the movie does well, they make a lot of money off of it. If not, it's just a wash for them. It's a movie that they got when they bought the, the label. You know what I mean? So right, they right, had right. no investment really in it at this point. And Fox, as we knew it, doesn't exist anymore. So like there's nobody really losing money. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Fox uh, still is uh, Fox Sports, Fox News, Fox, you know, other things. But, yeah, they're out of the movie and TV uh, industry now. That is owned by Disney. And you're right. And even if it loses money, that's chump change to Fox. And they're going to reboot, I mean, to Disney, not to Fox, because their movie industry is gone. But to Disney, that's nothing. And they're going to reboot the X-Men franchise anyway, so... It doesn't matter. Uh, but it, look, it's doing well enough, at least, at Disney, I'm sure. And maybe, it's and maybe, they'll, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll eventually release the uh, director's cut for this. <laughs> they should do a, you know, a Snyder cut. For, uh, no, no, no. There's actually, there's actually a group of fans that want want a cut of the the actual director's version of it. Like they're not as they're not as crazy as the Snyder. All no, 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 no. I have to correct you because there are some of the some of our, our my fellow Snyder cut breth, brethren and sisters are all are involved in that already. That that oh, is that is. You see, like, that, that is going to become a that is going to become a thing. That is don't oh believe God. there is there is Why? going to be a, I, I understand your guys' hey in in quoting uh Nacho from Nacho Libre. But why? Yeah, like I get that you guys is upset for like the franchise that you love. Fox has been a terrible franchise. They're the worst. I anything that I've ever said mean about the DCEU, it it, it is mid Little crumbs compared to my hatred. Yeah, well, I'm just saying there is a small there is a small group right now mobilizing for that film. Well, and they are what, they all are, five of them become are, six. Alone, we're talking alone right now, but I can see that. But I can see that eventually getting a release because, as you said, nobody's really losing money on it because it's you know yes. Yeah. And people are well. free to be retarded on their own time. I just really hope you don't. Get <laughs> oh, yeah, moving, moving on. I'm not a fan of that franchise. We, so we, we, we don't need to encourage him in any more uh, crazy path there at Johnny Alpha. So don't encourage him. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not a dark fan penis, of that. I'm uh, not really a here. fan of that franchise. So that'll be right, that won't be man. something I'll be. <laughs> number 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 nine out of line. All about artistic integrity. That's all. There, there you go. Uh, and uh, new this past weekend, Anna brought in three point uh, six million at number nine. Uh, Anna, goes to see these movies. Honestly, the, the movie know, about the looks, talking doll. Who goes to see this shit? No, no, no but Anna looks good. But Luke Beeson, Luke Besson, I mean, that actually looks pretty good. Luke Evans is in it. Cillian Murphy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it looks, looks pretty, pretty decent. It's independent movie, good. yeah. yeah like a good hitman movie like i'm yeah I, i'll watch it at the library yeah Thanks. me too but i mean it looks well interesting. I but at least out. you'll watch it you know uh down from seven last week to eight this week uh with 3.8 million is godzilla king of monsters for warner brothers that's brought in 104 million domestically so far with uh 266 on the out of here numbers as uh, alex would say and uh that's worldwide 371 uh worldwide with a $170 million budget, it's creeping towards a break-even point, but it's got to be disappointing domestically at $104 yeah. million. You know? oh, well, yeah. oh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I wanted it to be a lot better. Like, it was better than the first one, but it still didn't yeah. satisfy yeah, so, you me. Know what, you know what? Thanks, Toby Emmerich. 
thank you. Yeah. Another failure. Whatever. Yeah, well, well we still got no. Shin Godzilla, and they're making a new one in Japan right now, anyway. So we got that coming out. Which yeah, well, this one was Michael. going to be great. This one was Michael Doherty who directed this one. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm blaming Toby Emmerich because Toby Emmerich is responsible for all these flops. He was the he's the Warner Brothers guy that thinks that the that thinks that these decisions are are good ones. I, I you know, the, well. the the thing that we're getting now is that is uh, Kong versus Godzilla. That's going to be the one that everybody wants to see. Yeah, actually, I, hopefully I, I that gets a chance. As long as they don't get, as long as they don't get Michael Doherty, I mean, we know his reputation. He was the, the one of the writers. I hate that guy. Super- yeah, he's he, the one that I was arguing with you about Superman Returns. One of the Whatever, guys. Whatever. It was Dan. It was mostly Dan Harris that had the argument with him. But he, I mean, he was one of the two writers who butchered Superman Returns. And if you guys don't know who, who he is, he's directed uh, such classics as Trick or Treat, which made no money in theaters. Oh yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and uh, Krampus. University. Krampus oh, was yeah. actually really funny. I like uh, that Krampus, one. Yeah. Krampus was was uh, what was that what was that dickhead's name? Can't remember. Uh, uh Mike. Well, Michael Doherty directed and wrote it, so I don't know who. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I mean, he's not exactly the the greatest director. The thing is, when you do a Godzilla movie, granted, it's a monster movie, but give me a director who knows the genre who could actually direct monster movies who has some kind of experience doing a project that big. You don't go from Trick or Treat to Godzilla ten years later. I'm sorry, <laughs> you just don't do that. Give us a competent director, goddammit. Well, I mean, Trick or Treat is 2008. It's like what's happening with Star Trek right now in that Picard series. Oh my god, holy shit. That's a, never mind. That's a story. Yeah, but here, here, but here we're going from a guy who did Trick or Treat in 2008. He's done nothing really in between but, but Krampus in 2015. <laughs> and now he's doing Godzilla? Like, how do you well, make that leap? Well, the, the sad thing is, it's like, these guys, the Japanese, they were able to make these films fantastic for decades. He's and not Japanese. They were, they were, they were That's another negative. Guys in, in rubber, rubber, Godzilla suits. I mean, like these guys. But we're in America. We do this. We, we do this with a high budget. We're not trying to have a twelve thousand dollar budget here. There's no guy in a rubber suit. You have CGI. You have some of the best art houses in the world. How do you yeah. fuck up a Godzilla movie in America three times? How can, yeah, how can you not? That's a great get point. One that, that, at least, that is a wonderful point, really. Well, I mean, how? how? The feel <laughs> of, of, of what you're supposed to feel at a Godzilla kaiju movie. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm hoping that some indie guy comes around and makes like a Gamera movie. And teaches I mean, American it was bad enough the guy who the guys who gave us uh, Independence Day in the '90s, the good one, fucked up Godzilla. That was bad enough. But now you have back to back Godzillas. In the late 2000s, or, no, not the late 2000s, but I mean in the 2015, you know, 2019 era, yeah, and they both yeah, sucked. You get, yeah, they had Brian Cranston in that. And it sucked. They couldn't, they couldn't make it work. <laughs> you can't make what this work with a girl from, from Stranger Things. Okay. Uh, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown was good in this movie. She, she but was she, but even her, she's a great young actress. And you still made a, a Ken Watanabe is in this movie. How do you fuck this movie up? Yeah, I don't do? know how you thought You know what it guy. was? You know what it was? I'm going to tell you what happened. Michael Doherty. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, Doherty and Studio <laughs> Interference. Well, That's nobody, what messed Nobody over here. Well, it's a Warner Brothers movie, so. 
well, they don't get it. They don't understand what makes the Godzilla movies that we love from Japan so great. They think that like they they need to make it some big bombastic stupid thing that it's never supposed to be it's supposed to be hokey and fun and there's supposed to be some ham-fisted messages about environmentalism thrown in there and they they they, they, they go about it the exact wrong way every time and, and it's just they all, they all just like, need to watch they need to watch shin godzilla and they need to watch final wars yeah and look then, and then turn around and make a movie what is wow. what, what, I'm going to move on from this uh, because we have more top ten here, but I'm going to say this before we move on. When Jurassic Park 2 has a better Godzilla moment in it than Godzilla movies, we have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Now, moving on. Number seven this week, which is number eight last week, and my favorite movie of the year so far uh, by Lionsgate. It's brought in $4 million this past weekend. John Wick, number three. Um, love this man this movie is so good uh, the whole trilogy has been epic I can't wait for part 4 to make it not a trilogy uh, and just, just make a, a movie every year with John Wick as long as Keanu Reeves can bounce off walls I don't care how far I got to suspend my disbelief in these movies I don't care it is so much fun to watch you know uh, Keanu Reeves go crazy Keanu Reeves for Batman That's what Keanu Reeves right now for every Major action movie. I'm, I'll be there to see it opening day. He is so good in this John Wick. I mean, it makes you forget about Endgame or anything else that's come out this year. If you guys have not gone to theater to see this you movie. still remember that movie? I, no, so no, I loved Endgames. I got but that movie. Yeah, I'm going to go see it again this week just because the, they've got new footage. And I want to piss off a bunch oh. of racists I heard on Twitter talking shit about <laughs> Anthony Mackie in a um, Captain America suit. So, yeah, I'm supporting the new Captain America. Well, that, and they're, they're trying to get extra. over the $3 billion wait, 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 wait. Extra, extra footage. That, that's, a real, that's for real? I thought that was a joke. But no, yeah, really? no, they're, no, they're, no, but it's not added to the actual movie. It's, it's like after credit scenes and in, in between uh, the credits, stuff like that. Right. So it's an Endgame Snyder cut. Okay. Right, well, there's, about, there's about eight minutes that's going to be put into it. Um, do little oh, parts. Yeah, and, yeah, and, that, and, and, yeah, that's not that's not quite a Snyder cut. The Snyder cut's three and a half hours long. So, well, well either either, either way, three and a half hours long. So, like e- the, either either way, the but, point is not to get, you know if you enter like a twenty minute conversation about end games. Uh, John Wick number three made two hundred ninety one million dollars. So far at the worldwide box office, 157. It's uh, the total right now here domestically. Uh, probably 168 as of now, uh, with 134. Uh, you know, in the foreign market, this is a movie. The first movie made what, like 40, 50 million, and the second yeah. movie made uh, what was it? Uh, what 90 million? So it, it's trending upwards. The next one's gonna make 250 plus. It's just gonna get bigger and bigger because they're amazing action movies. Uh, again, I, I gloat about this uh, franchise because it, it's everything a, a guy loves in action films. If you love just throwback to the 80s where you see nothing but action sequences that are out of, the, out of your mind and it's not CGI and 90, like 5% of the action and the stunts were, was actually done by the said actor Ken Reeves, like he did almost everything you see on screen. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's yeah, amazing. You get the DVDs; they show you him going through the training camps and learning yep. how to use all the guns and do all the rolls and like the neck snaps and shit. Yeah, he's he's legit. 
Like, um, he's no joke, man. And, and uh, he, he picks that stuff up fast. I mean, like, in the yep. first Matrix, I, I, in all the Matrixes, I was actually impressed by his martial arts because yep. I've seen a lot of fake white actors try to do kung fu. Nobody, I've never seen really anybody pull it off as cool well, as he remember, did. He he's part Asian. Like he, he's part Asian. He's, uh, he's not fully a white guy. Like, he's part, yeah, he has I mean, like, martial arts in his background. He didn't study kung fu his whole life, but he can pull, he no. made the moves look real, man. Like he, But he had, a, he had an idea because he did study some martial arts as a kid and he, he, he loved the uh, genre. So when it came time to actually learn martial arts for the Matrix, he, he, he it's not like he went in fully blind towards the art form. He knew what he was kind of getting into, himself into. But again, great actor, method. He got he got his head into the role. He went in with uh, you know nothing but you know openness to like learning as much as possible, and it's carried over in it, every action movie I've seen since. It, you always get that kind of neo kind of like feel when he's fighting. But he just he keeps stepping it up in all the action movies. Yeah, it seems when the it comes... older that he gets, the faster he gets with his action. Yeah, like in John Wick, he's like fighting way faster than he did when he was younger as Neo. Like he's yeah. throwing punches, grabbing fools, and throwing them off stuff harder than he used to. Like yeah, it's like he's getting more it, badass. It, it, the older he it's gets. almost it's like cool. he never stopped, like you know, studying, you know, martial arts. And like he continued even after the Matrix wrapped the third one. He continued trying to like get better and better and better because what and I speak from kind of experience. I did a lot of martial arts as a kid. Once you join the in martial arts and you become uh, focused and, and determined to learn whatever, whether it's Taekwondo, American Karate, you know Kempo Karate, or you know Kung Fu or any of the of the art forms. Doesn't matter which one you study. Once you become you know focused and determined to learn it. It would really just take over your mind, and it's one of those things where it's hard to give up. And I'm pretty sure after he learned and he got good at it, it was one of those things that even though he was acting doing other things, he still kind of kept up with training and and staying focused. And it helps you with actually as an actor, I would assume that being really good at martial arts would carry over if you're an actor because it helps you focus and stay in the moment. And acting is all about that. It's about yeah. being in the moment reflecting on what's going on, bouncing, you know, off the other actors and being focused on your character, learning, you know, how to adapt and immerse yourself in universes and, and different genres and things. So, I mean, it actually does help, and I can see why that is two universes that complement each other. And he's just great. I mean, I have nothing but uh, glowing things about John Wick and Keanu in general. Again, you put him in anything right now, I'm there. So. Yeah, I mean, I hate Toy Story, and I want to see Part Four because he does a voice in it. So yeah, I'm sorry. we'll get into that in a second here. Uh, Keanu Reeves is Batman. Done. Yeah, done. Oh, open the day, I'm there. I'll be there. Open the day. You can't even leave the beard or, or mustache. Doesn't matter. Uh, number C, number six, which is down from number four last week. You would think this is an action adventure movie or a gay porn, but it's neither. It's called Rocket Man. And it has uh, well, Elton John's. Well, anyway, well, it's not uh, about it, it's not about Kim Jong Un. I thought it was about Kim yeah. Jong Un. No, North Korea. Uh, Rock, well, it could have easily been, but no, it's about Elton John, the other rocket man, different kind of rocket. The other and, rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> that, now this movie's done really good. It's probably it, it, this is uh, you know it's been out for what eight six eight, eight weeks around there. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, it's brought in, let's see, what's the total on this uh, Rocketman? $79 million domestically, 
77 foreign markets, 157 worldwide on a $40 million budget. That's well, a win. From what I've from what, from what I've heard, it actually follows the the actual facts of his life a lot better than like say Bohemian Rhapsody and some of the other um, right. biopics that have come out recently have. Like this is actually a pretty truthful. Like sure, I heard it was more. I heard it was more of a fantasy than a truthful story. I thought well, they it has said it was weird, more like a legend. Than well, no, a, it, it has weird kind of um, atmospheric moments, like when he's playing the piano and everybody starts floating around him. But I wouldn't say it's like hard fantasy or anything like that it's just kind of got weird surreal like musical type moments to it but it's basically a real factual version of well, his I mean, did, coming did you guys, up did you guys not see what elton john used to dress like back in the 80s and oh yeah i've seen him dressed like donald duck once man like yeah in the no, donald I duck costume. many times he, he wore that <laughs> yeah he, he, elton john gave no fucks man like he, he that's why he is gangster and the song rocket yep. man i love it i love tiny dancer like so many of his jams are so good like and the kid that played him the dude that plays eggsy from um uh, Tyron the, King, Egerton. the king's men that kid yeah. looks exactly like him it's almost and terrifying. the kid and not only that the kid sang all the songs did he That's actually amazing. do the singing too? He actually Damn. did the yeah. singing. I didn't know he that was. They said that he sang. Wow. He sang. He yep. sounded enough like Elton John that they were confident enough to let him sing the song. Elton John actually approved it. That's wow. gangster right there. Yeah. So, um, I, I haven't seen it all yet. I, I've seen snippets at a at the library, and I was really impressed. I thought it was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch the whole thing eventually, and um. I, well, I like Elton John, and, and, and that that kind of lifestyle doesn't scare me like it does you guys. But yeah, no, it's it's something I'm interested. Hey, in. Hey, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of it. I mean, I find it icky, but I'm not afraid of it. But yeah, no, <laughs> guy was a gangster. He was crazy. <laughs> I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid. It's just kind of icky. Two guys in bed. Don't want to see that shit. It's gonna be sticky. Moving on. Uh, number five uh, this week and number two last week, the secret wait, life Wait, 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 wait. Before what, you say what? anything, I just want to add one more little nugget about Rocket Man that it's got the same director. You want to add a nugget into Rocket Man? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it, has the same, it has the same director who took over for Bohemian Rhapsody for Brian Singer, Dexter Fletcher. Same director. Oh, really? Yeah. Dexter Fletcher, I... I, I'm interested in him being a director, period. I love him as an actor. He, um, if you guys, he, he played Soap in like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. He's been in a lot of those really gritty Brit flicks and a lot of TV shows I know. So the guy is a good actor. He's got a great range of acting. So, um, that makes sense that he's directing these films so well and has such a good mind for it because he's worked with like, um, Matt Vaughn and Guy Ritchie and all these really good Brit act directors. So cool. I didn't know that Dexter Fletcher did this and one too. That's bad. I'm like, and unlike other directors, he's actually from London and popularly British. Pow, pow. There you Good go. Good for Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, man. Yes. Go for soap. There, there you go. No, he's a, the guy said it's a good director. And uh, that is kind of weird that he did both of those biopics back to back. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. that. That's pretty gangster. I guess. Well, it's definitely G. Or it's a gangster, but uh, let me see. Number five this week, which uh, is uh, two last week. Uh, that's a little uh, Easter egg for you guys listening. Pay attention. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets two brought in ten million dollars from Universal. Uh, let's see. So far, the Secret Life of Pets two, which I actually do want to see, has Patton Oswalt in it. 
Kevin Hart, Harrison Ford. Oh, is Kevin Hart back? That because he, I love yeah. the rabbit in the first one. That way, he was oh. so fucking funny in there. I can't. Yeah, Dana Carvey's in this again. I mean, I, I'm, I'm there. Uh, so far, it's done really well. It's on eighty million dollar budget. It's probably one twenty two domestically, seventy seven on a foreign market. So it's uh, running out of two hundred worldwide. Uh, that's not bad. That's uh, more than a little bit past breaking even already. So it's uh, in the, the profit margin area. So it's uh, it's doing pretty good. I mean, it's going to turn, it's turning a profit. It's going to be a profitable movie. So look for Pets uh, Three coming. Uh, so going to have Pets Three coming out soon. Uh, because that's what that means. As soon as it's yeah. profitable, sequel. We get another. We get another one. Uh, but I, as long as they keep turning out, you know, with these kind of voiceover actors, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be there. Well, the and first one was it. really cute, anyways. I, I yeah, enjoyed it was the funny. hell of it. I don't usually watch those type of things. I don't even remember how I ended up watching the first one, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. So yeah, I'll definitely check it out, knowing that they yep. got like at least, even Kevin Hart back because they kind of could have kind of ended his storyline with the first film. You know what I mean? But the fact that he's gonna be back too, I'm like hell yeah! Like he had me rolling his that little white. Kevin Hart is he's funny and everything. I, I love Kevin Hart. Uh, yeah, yeah. He actually would have been great in the next movie here in the top ten. Uh, Number uh, four this week, which was actually a pretty big drop from number one to number four, uh, Men in Black International. Imagine if Kevin oh, Hart would have been in that. Yeah, that would have been good. I actually really want to see that. I like the I like the I like the cast of it. So I'm I saw it. F. Greg Gray is a good director. Chris, you know Chris Hemsworth. I love him as an actor. He is. Uh, he's got tremendous great chemistry with both Liam Neeson. And Tisa Thompson, who plays the other Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, Emma Thompson's great. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is good. Uh, everybody is really good. The voiceover. The little uh, piece, which is the chess piece, which is like the little funny character in the movie. That's kind of like the, I don't know, like, remember the first one? And the second one had the dog. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, the dog's hysterical. Well, this one's like a little chess piece that comes to life. It's like a little alien chess piece. And he's funny as hell throughout the whole movie. But the rest of the movie is kind of like a lot of like, eh. Which is kind of surprising because I was expecting it to be a, a refreshing, you know, story in the, uh, you know, Men of Black universe. And I, and I was like, well, at least they have a different cast. They go a different area. But a lot of the, you know, felt like they were repeating the beats and steps of the first one with Will Smith just not the black chick. And I didn't really like that. I thought that was kind of like a needed, uh, especially when you have a, an actress like Tisa Thompson, who's a really uh, a great yeah, actress. Yeah, especially since she already has such good working chemistry with Chris right. um, Hemsworth. I and mean, the two of them are fucking classic together. So, Dude, basically, uh, it's sad because they turned her into the, the female Will Smith. It's a very similar storyline, which sucks. I hate they did that. Um... And it was disappointing. I mean, even Chris Hemsworth as Mr. H, which is kind of funny, the revealing of who he is. Uh, you know, Agent H, I mean, it it felt kind of weird. I think he comedically could have been a little bit more engaged in the movie. And while I love him as a comedic actor, I think he's going to be a great actor for when it comes to those kind of movies also, not just action movies. And I yeah. see him better as comedy than action. Yeah, he's, he's, he's actually better when he's funny, yeah. in my opinion. Like, um, he is hysterical. Like, for a big here, dumb shit, he is it, so funny. It, it could have been such a big win and a hit, 
But unfortunately, it, it goes from being something that had a ton of potential to something that's mediocre to very disappointing. And I'm yeah, very sad about I've, that. I've actually been hearing that a lot, and I'm expecting it, but like, I also think I might have a little fun with it, so I'm still going to check it out. It's when fun. I get it has its moments where you're, you're going to laugh like crazy, especially the little Chesapeake guy. Funny. Let me tell you, it's very funny stuff. And there's moments you're going to crack up. And you're going to be like, what's wrong with Jackal? This movie's very funny. But then you're gonna, when you see the movie overall and you like sit down and you dissect the entire thing, you're going to be like, yeah, there's moments of disappointment here, here. The ending is, you know, a little hokey. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything original or, or anything refreshing was done with it. It's not like just flipped into, uh, you know, now it's a girl, sort of Will Smith. Uh, instead of having the male boss at the headquarters of, uh, Emma Thompson is the main boss. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they kind of, like, made it more, uh, you know, gender politics than anything else. Uh, which, I don't, you know, however you feel about that is your opinion. Uh, but, just, I was hoping for something a little bit more original. Again, it's gonna be added to my collection, because I'm a, I'm a fan of the Men of Black series. Uh, not just because of Skywatchers Radio, but I actually do like the, the first two or three movies. And I even liked Uncle Jackson's cameos, Agent M. And uh, yeah. the third one, I thought that was funny. Uh, so, I mean, but I was expecting a lot more from this movie and it disappointed a little bit in that aspect. It is connected to the original movies in a sense, but it's like uh, the story picks up where, yeah, the, the Ben and Black has, have been around. Will Smith did his time. Uh, he's somewhere still working within the Men in Black. You just you don't know. You don't really hear about him with Tommy Lee Jones. And this yeah. is like the UK version of the Men in Black. So you kind of like you, you're you you know you still have the American uh, you know influence, but it's more of an international, worldwide type of UK feel. And it just at the end of the day, it, it was a, a whole lot of hype for something so, that could have been so, really so good. So. It sounds like they made the same mistakes as the Hellboy movie did. Then instead of like going with the characters you know, and they kind of like tried to do like these British ones that were in the comic book, but like they're yeah, it, it, it sounds like a similar type of mistake that like a couple of filmmakers that have tried to do this year for some reason. It's like you guys don't need to do that. Like you could just yeah. introduce them and and have your own adventure without repeating certain fucking and steps thing, and I, tropes. I, I like F. Gray, Gray, uh, Gary Gray as the director. I think he's, I always call him Gray Gray, but it's Gary Gray. Uh, you know, he did Friday, he set it off, the negotiator, I'm in a party, talent job, be cool. Law Abiding Citizen, which is a great movie. You know, you guys see that, but it's an awesome movie. Uh, Street Out of Compton, The Fast and the Furious, uh, the one, that, The Fate of the Furious is one of the, the last ones that came out. Yeah, he's at number eight. That's Right. So he's a good action director. He does, you know, great work. But Men in Black, I think, is a project that was not right for him as a, as a director. And as a director, I think that's what really, like, what fucked up this movie. Ironically enough, it's going to be his biggest disappointment as a director in the last few years, as far as box offices are concerned. Uh, and it, it, it's telling when you watch the movie, like, there's so much that could have been done really good here, where you could have had the best out of the four of Men in Black, if it was treated by a different director who was more immersed in that universe, who knew the characters a little bit better, who knew that Men in Black universe a little bit better, and who had a, a little bit more of a track record making those kind of goofy alien type of movies. I would still, and this is not too much out of the genre for him, 
I would like to see Tim Burton do a Men in Black movie. That I think would be a great marriage of oh, his style. Well, you would that, have his think about it. Though, his style. Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, like walking no, around acting drunk and not heroin. I don't know if he'll go that route at this point with those two actors. I think he'll move on from that. But think about it. Mars Attacks is very much in the in the same kind of spirit as Men in Black. So I think with his, uh, you know, uh, direct, and I'm not a huge fan of him as a director, but I think his style would fit to do a Men in Black movie. And I, I'll be open to it if Tim Burton ever I'd, does that. I'd be open for him to do a Mars Attacks versus Men in Black. I'd just get them God, God, That'd be God, great. aliens back, man. I'd watch the shit. I'd, I'd love the Hey, crossovers are big. I'd, I'd be down for that. Why not? Yeah, well, hey. I think IDW actually owns both the comic books now. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they bought all the old Malibu stuff, and they definitely own all, um, Mars Attacks because that was tops. So, yeah, that might actually fucking it's, uh, fly. Look, it's a it better idea. It's a better idea than uh, Men in Black crossing over with 21 Jump Street. I mean, I think oh, God that didn't happen. Yeah, thank God that thank didn't God. happen. Yeah, another one of those, one, another one of them Channing Tatum things that I really hoped would never happen, <laughs> and it didn't. So, thank yeah. God for that. I mean, whatever God you pray to, thank him that that didn't happen. Thank you, Yogg Sothoff. Yeah, exactly. Ancient uh, number three this week, uh, which is number three last week. Uh, a movie I have really no interest in, in, uh, in watching, even though it's made close to 300 million now, uh, domestically. Sending at 294 exactly domestic and 524 in the foreign market. That's an 800 million dollar movie. Aladdin. Oh, on a God. One, yeah. On a 183 million dollar budget. Obviously it's 200 profits, a huge profit win, uh, for Disney. I still have no interest in watching the whole thing. I saw a few minutes of it. Did I like it? I will probably I, never watch it again. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I just saw the trailer. I saw that they didn't even get anybody too hot to play Jasmine. And the sets look like something out of, like, porn parodies of Aladdin had better sets than that, the, what I saw in the trailer. So, yeah, and I yep. cannot believe one of my favorite directors, Guy Ritchie, was involved with that. Like, I, I feel so let down. But, hey, man, like, life's been kicking him in the balls a lot lately. So I'll give his next film a chance as long as it's not the, like... I don't know any other Disney movies that he could direct, but yeah. <laughs> he's gonna, he go, are you kidding, Guy Ritchie? He's going to direct The Princess and the Frog, bro. That's coming up. It may look, this movie, for as much as I can hate <laughs> on it, it, it turned a huge profit for them. So I'm sure Guy Ritchie's going to get a lot of work as, as a director. Whether well, he does, about, got, nah, he does got that. I don't know. He does. He does got that third Sherlock Holmes coming out with um, Robert yep. Downey Jr. and Jude Law. I like that series. So, yeah, definitely. Check go. that out. Uh, let me see, number two this week, and new at the box office this week, the reboot, not to be confused with uh, number seven or eight coming out soon, but the reboot of Child's Play hit number two with $14 million, uh, and it, it, while they underperformed uh, this weekend at the, bo- at the box office, you'll understand why in a second, but uh, at a $10 million budget, $18 million for the first week, yeah, it's almost it, it, out of profit. Horror movies like that always make a profit, though, don't they? Because it's so cheap to make, so it doesn't, you know... And I've actually heard nothing but good things about it. I still don't like what I've seen in the trailer, but I'm going to give it a shot when it hits the library. Everybody's a little bit nervous about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, But a lot of people told me it's way better than they thought it was going to be, so that at least has me a little interested in it. I'm not nervous about it. Uh, Mark Hamill's doing the voice of 
the new of the doll Chucky in this one, which it, it, it's not the same story. We would have uh, you know the spirit entering the body of the doll, or well, the, well, the doll it's, is actually the doll. Uh, is it's an artificial like, intelligence. It's like, not yeah, like, like a, an AI, yeah. like like the, there's no uh, there, there's no Charles Lee Ray character in the beginning, so it doesn't have that kind of spookiness. But I did hear the the, the, the slasher oh, aspect of it. It's the beginning, though. It does. It's got something. Doesn't have Charles Lee Ray, but it's no, got but it, yeah. I heard that the the the, the horror elements and the spooky elements were still played really well in this movie, and for that alone, I'm going to go check it out. Let's just um, say, without uh, any spoilers, just let's just say one thing. Let's say disgruntled employee. Let's yeah, I heard about that. that. I heard about <laughs> that. Yeah, I heard about that. Which. Uh, Again, I'm going to see it, uh, you know, based on word of mouth alone, because I've had nothing but people tell me it's good. Even people that have been negative, like you saw, uh, you know, to mention him again, 2.0 Alex, uh, he did a review on YouTube and yeah. Facebook. And even his, uh, you know, as negative as he can be, Jesus. Uh, he, he, he's like, I didn't like the movie, but I like this, 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 this. And he named off everything he liked, and then they you're like, but that's like everything important in the yeah. movie, so. Yeah, well, well, the, best, you well, like? the best part about it, though, the best part about it is that the old franchise is, is still alive and kicking. They're not right. going to stop the old franchise just because of this. This is just because these are different rights holders. That's all right. it is. It's that's not, all it is. What I got from Alex's review is that he's too pissy to admit that he was wrong and he ended up liking That's this it. movie. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, and he's not here to defend himself, so pow, pow. whatever. Yeah. Forget but that. I mean, I've been there, I kind of, but at least I usually will admit, like, yeah, man, I was dead wrong. I liked this thing, and I hope I'm, I'm able to say it because I actually really liked the first three Child's Play movies, so if this one yep. can be on the same level as those, that would be dope. And I like Mark Hamill. Yep. He's not as scary as Brad Dourif, but whatever. I'm pretty mm. sure he could do a spooky doll voice as good as Brad And let's Dourif. be honest, at some point, Brad Dourif is going to get too old to keep to keep playing Chucky. Uh, Brad Dourif is, and if you watch the um, Deadwood movie, Brad Dourif is old. He is old, old, old. That's what I'm like, saying. He was, al- he was already old as Doc in, in the old series, but if you watch the movie, yeah, he looks, oh man, he looks ancient now. I'm like, yeah. man, you got, you got old, I mean, old I know, brother. I know, I know he's doing a voice where he's not literally playing Chucky, but at some point, you know, you got to kind of like move on. It's like Robert England is Freddy. He is Freddy. He's always going to be Freddy. I love him as Freddy. But if you give me a Kevin Bacon version of Freddy Krueger, I'm going to be there because I well, want to see that. Well, that's the problem with some of these guys when they get older. Like, um, a lot of people are mad because, um, what's his name, can't play Pinhead anymore. But the thing is, is that making him up, he is old and wrinkled now. And, like, the, the, the prosthetics yep. that they put on him don't look right. That's why, that like, no matter what, if they make a new Pinhead, even – um. What's it? I can't remember his name. I can't believe I can't remember his name. But like, even he says that like I, I can't perform in it because the prosthetics they're gonna have to put on me is so ridiculous. You won't even tell it's me at this point because I've gotten old and round and wrinkly. And it, well, it no, just they could just use, they could just use they'll just use CGI to de-age him like they do everything. Well, well, they're gonna use. They're gonna be. A, there's gonna be a girl um, lead Cinnabite in this one, which is actually accurate to the book. If you read Hellbound Heart, the actual yeah. lead Cinnabite was a girl. So like. That, I'm I'm actually cool with it, and he's still going to be in the film. He's just not going to play Pinhead. So, I, I'm, so I'm, I Doug Bradley is the actor you're talking yeah, about. Doug Bradley, yeah. yeah. I knew he was a Doug, too. I just couldn't remember <laughs> his last name. Yeah, no, but he he's looking his age. I mean, he's, what, 64, 65? No, he's, you know, he's up there. 
Uh, but yeah, no, at some point, these actors get too old for the part. Now, he could, of course, lose some weight and maybe get a little surgery in his face, but what is he really going to go that drastic of a route to surgically change and alter his look to go back and make a, a cheesy harm? No, he's not going yeah, to do that. Just so. make the eight grand or whatever he makes off of those straight-to-video yeah. hell rich movies. Like, well, yeah, no. well, I mean, have you guys have you guys read the articles that Robert England may actually be back as Freddy one, for one more film? I've heard rumors, and if it's true, I'm down. But like, and unlike um, Brad, he hasn't mm-hmm. really gotten his round. So like, maybe the prosthetics will work better for him. Well, and, well, and remember, face. Fred Krueger's a burned up face anyway, so it's not like- right. It's it's easier to like get away with it, but it's harder for him to get in it because the prosthetic is crazy. I mean, he spends hours trying to get into that makeup. Not only that. He's 72 years old, guys. By the time this, if they do move on with another Freddy movie, he'll be 74, 75 at that time. Uh, you know, I love Robert England. I love him as Freddy Krueger, but at some time, you know, at some point yeah. we have to move on. But and not only that, he's, he's, an idea, he's an idea, something that he's probably never thought of himself, but uh, and it's something that I was thinking about recently because I'm a huge Freddy fan. How about Robert England being brought in to direct a Freddy movie? Nobody knows the character better. Nobody can, I think, give that character to another actor and pass that baton better than Robert England. And if you bring him to maybe direct... Direct Kevin Bacon uh, as Freddy. There you go. (laughs) And and make it a complete reboot where you have Nancy, have the main characters, and have him direct it and not be in it, just direct the movie and pass the baton that way and be like the new West Craven for it, I am 100% behind that. I think he's a brilliant actor, even though he spent most of his life playing Freddy Krueger, which is not a brilliant role. It's a great role. Uh, you know, it's a, a lifetime you know role that he's had. Uh, but he is a good actor who can do other things. But I think it, his directing chops have not really been kind of like, you know, focused on. And I think he's such a good filmmaker that he could do a good Freddy movie and really give us something that is nostalgic, harkens back to the original Freddy movie, which he's always wanted to get back to anyway. Because even as they're doing the cheesier stuff, in interviews he's always said, well, the first and the third are the best ones because they're the more serious ones. And it's true. And if you can give us something close to those movies... I'm all for it. And again, it'll be a nice way to pass that baton from him. And if it's not Kevin Bacon, whoever the next actor is, that's one thing I think was missing from the reboot. They didn't have him involved. They didn't have any of the originals involved. It was just like, okay, we're rebooting it. But uh, we're well, like what it. they did, like what they, it's like what they did with Child's Play. They didn't have none of the originals. It was just a, it's a totally separate thing. But the difference is here, Freddy Krueger, I think, is a little bit more ingrained in Americana than even Child's Play. Yeah, it's oh, Chucky, so Chucky's, tougher. Yeah, Chucky, Chucky's down there below, below Leatherface, you know what I mean, when yeah. you talk about the echelon horror guys. But yeah, Unglin, uh, he's he's old, old. I think a girl in crutches could outrun his ass these days, so I don't right. know about like, him being super scary as Freddy. But I never thought of Kevin Bacon, but... 
yeah, he, he's especially after watching um, what's that movie where he was the invisible rapist man? Like he's when he was all rapey and that. Like yeah, he would probably be a pretty fucking scary Freddy. Now that I think about Dude, it, Ho- Hollow Man, right? Hollow Man, yeah. And uh, look, he's been in horror movies, action movies, comedies, dramas. Yeah, he was in the first um, Friday the Thirteenth. He was like one of the first guys that got killed in it, right? And the thing about that crossover, he was in we'll be in both one of the original Friday the Thirteenth movies and a reboot to the, to the Freddy franchise. That would be epic for him. And, again, you're getting a very good, serious, known actor who's done phenomenal work for the past 30 years and started off in the horror genre, and he's now back as Freddy Krueger. That would be great casting. Kevin Bacon is a big name that people will, like, at least say, hey, that's, you know, interesting as Freddy Krueger. Even out of curiosity, he, he's, a lot he's, of known, there. he's known throughout the galaxy as the ultimate badass. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Kevin, yeah definitely. He, and he's known throughout the galaxy as that shit. So, yeah, a lot of people will go see that just based on that. I mean, like... And look, you know, and, and, and while he's not had a lot of directing uh, the movies, so he's only done two, Robert England did direct 976 Evil back in the 80s. <laughs> that was so good, too. Yeah, I always yeah, forget you know? about that. He did direct that, didn't he? Yes. So he does have, uh, you know, a little bit of a history with one of our favorite 80s actors, uh, Stephen Jeffries, playing Hoax. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he does have that history of doing at least some directing. He also did, um, what was the movie he did? Killer Pat, I think was the name of the movie that he directed. He has a couple of TV credits as a director. He's produced. So, I mean, he's he's done other things, not just acting. And I would love to see him tackle on a, a Freddy movie. That, to me, would be perfect. Uh, yeah. At least I'm not sure if to, like, ease out of, like, that whole he is Freddy Krueger mystique that everybody's got him on. Uh, so, you know, that's just my take on it. But number two, again, Child's Play, new, $14 million. It's almost at a profit. It's about at eighteen million now. You know, after the week, so at by twenty million, it'll be by profit. The time it, by the time it's out of the the, um, the theater, it'll make about forty five. Yeah, that'll be yeah. that'll be wonderful for a movie that size. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, it'll, it'll that's a hit. You know what I mean for a film that with that budget. So yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's good enough for uh, for that movie. Now, number one this weekend, uh, this would shock nobody. Uh, because it's a uh, part four in the franchise. Again, after the first one, I was like, okay, we've seen everything we need to see about this franchise. There's no way they can make a sequel to this. Lo and behold, all these years later, I was proven wrong. And uh, we're at part four now. Toy Story 4 brought in a worldwide sum of $291 million, guys, over the first week. 167 so far uh, this week. Domestically, 123 on the uh, foreign market. So it's doing phenomenally well. Uh, Josh Cooley is the director, of course. Voiceover work by Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Andy Potts is in this. Uh, Keegan Michael Cage done voiceover, Christina Hendricks. Jordan Peele does voiceover. And our, you know, favorite actor, Keanu Reeves, as you said, does voiceover. Um, so, I mean, great cast of voiceover actors. Obviously, you must see some of the originals, which are some of them no longer here, uh, passed away, you know, just did you say, did, 
Did you say Tim Allen? Is, is he not in this one? Did they move no, him no, he's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gonna, that'll suck. I'm not a huge fan of his, but like this is like one of the few things no, 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 he's no, good no. in, like this and Galaxy Quest and a couple of other things. Like, okay, if you good. have Toy Story without Woody and, and uh, without Buzz Lightyear, it's not Toy Story. It's just that, that wouldn't work. It'll be like the Woody movie or the, the Buzz Lightyear movie by themselves, you know, or under the side character by themselves. I don't have that name, but when you say Toy Story and you put it together, you have to have those two main actors. That that's like yin and yang for that. And uh, as you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I was not interested in skin two. When I saw it, loved it. I was not even an inch inclined to see him part three. I had no interest whatsoever. Ended up seeing it, loving it. Uh, part four again, not in my radar, not in my top ten or twenty of must see for the year. I'll probably go see it, because it's part of, it's, from everything I hear, uh, Art Green, who's a friend of mine, just saw recently, and she was gloating about how good it was. Uh, I think it was her favorite, uh, after the first or second one. One of my good friends for, like, the last 25 years, uh, she just saw it, and, uh, again, gloated. So, uh, I mean, I'll be a sucker, and I'll, I'll watch four, probably Toy Story 5, Toy Story 6. Story 7. Yeah, I'm, well, it's kind of messed up because didn't they, like, pretend that 3 was going to be the last one? Didn't they do the whole thing? Yeah, they, like, well, the and th- yeah. Grew up and Yeah, it was a trilogy. It was, it was, defi- it was definitive. It ended on a very, a very beautiful note. The, the three films were, were good. The yeah. fact that they're going to continue milking it, I think, I think is kind of tragic at this point. Like, why do it? I mean, Until you watch it, and you're like, yeah, money, it's pretty good. Money, but, but, it's, yeah. but it's good. But here's if you guys, and uh, we're going to end the box office on, on this note, uh, if we learned nothing from the Scary Movie franchise, is that the best trilogies always come in four and fives? What? Dude, no. Scary <laughs> Movie 1 and 2 are the only good ones. Like, no, but no, you're, you're missing the joke. That was actually the oh. tagline on Scary Movie 4. Like the the actual tagline when the movie was uh, being released in the poster was like the best trilogies coming for. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Think about that. That's a, an oxymoron in itself. But hey, it worked out for for uh, this movie at least. I I hear word of mouth is it's really good. So if you haven't seen Toy Story four, go check it out. It's making buco bucks at the box office, a hundred and sixty seven million already. This is going to make at least three, four hundred million domestically easily. Maybe, I'm boycotting it until so. Sonic comes out. Like I'm still mad about that whole thing that happened with Sonic. I'm, I'm boycotting Son- Sonic altogether. Jim Carrey's in it, so. Oh, Done. that's right. Yeah, he's that's dead Robbie to me. Martin. Yeah, that, that, anything he's on is dead to me. He's done. I, I have no interest in ever watching another Jim Carrey movie. That's the personal that's reason why I'm You used to get so mad at me because I refused to watch his movies. Like, now you, the tables have turned, my friend. Yeah, no. It's a, well, I mean, like, it's not like I'm really excited, but like you forced me to watch Liar, Liar, goddammit, and now you're not going to watch Sonic. But that, was, Come on, I, man. that was an actually good Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, Sonic looks like it's going to be amazing. Did you see the thing with the rockets? It looked retarded. I'm not watching it. Stop trying to like condition me to watch this crappy movie. Not doing it. No, not doing it. Yeah, I'm gonna be there day one. I can't wait for Sonic. I Damn love you! Not doing it. Nope. But you made me watch Liar Liar. Screw you guys. Nope. Not happening. 
I can't wait. Yeah. I got my tickets pre-ordered like 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 in-game fans and shit, like months in advance. Not happening. Nope. <laughs> we'll see it. We'll what, see if it. I, what if I buy you your ticket through Movie I, Pack? Well, which, I'll which put this here. Even in the library, I don't want to see it. Not interested. Okay. I'm just saying, damn, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, Mr. T, I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'll see how it is. That's okay. That, I'll, that's okay. I'll go see it a few times. So. There you go. You, you so enjoy your, it. So your so your money won't be missed. We'll we'll go see it multiple times. Uh, well, it depends you, you on what the, the it'll um, be a big hit. It depends on what the re um what how they remake him, man. Because I liked the one that they had in the uh, original. Trailer. I did too. Yeah. I li- I liked the way he looked. That uh, was great. I'm like, this yeah, is going to be pissed great. It, so I'm pissed that they had went through and they had to re-edit the whole film with the new characters design that they haven't shown yet. They should have came out and been like, hey, is this one better? Before they went and re-edited the whole film, what if this one comes out and it's worse and people make a bigger stink? They're going to fucking re-edit it again. That's worse. It's crazier than the whole well, solo already, thing. I, <laughs> well, that that's what we'll do. We'll do a campaign for the original cut with the original design no problem oh, yeah, yeah that was, <laughs> I, I, yeah uh, release the original version of sonic in a world of bad ideas that might be the worst idea i've ever heard in my life <laughs> there you go and i've heard some some whoppers in my day let me tell you like that might take the cake i mean I, that or get snyder involved somehow maybe that, well, that'll top oh my god worst. a snyder cut of sonic yes there yes. you go could you imagine what Zack Snyder could do with Sonic the Hedgehog? That would be incredible. Only if you bring in Jason, if you bring in Jason Momoa to play like some kind of character in it, then I might be. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, Jason yeah. Momoa. There you go. Momoa could turn around saying, "Do you know the way?" <laughs> That'll fucking get everybody excited. But like, I, dude, I still play around with the hashtag "release the Lord and Miller cut of Solo." So like, I don't think Sonic is the worst idea I've can personally put out there, especially with the hashtag "release the Lord and Miller cut." That's that, that's pretty inflammatory and terrifying. You know, I'm kind of yeah. curious though. I'm kind of curious though what a, what the Lord and Miller cut looks like because we know the footage exists. Could it, it, I mean, really, I mean, it's hard to believe how could it be any worse than what we actually got, because what we got was pretty bad. Yeah. You know, it's funny, um, after in Into the Spider-Verse, I, I want to see what they could have done, actually, with Solo. But, the, you know, what troubles me about the entire thing with uh, the Solo project is the fact that we don't need that movie. We never did. And I think, yeah, but you know, if it exists and we could watch it, we should be allowed to. That's the that, that's the point of it. Like the the thing is, is like they spent a hundred million dollars making it, and then they spent a hundred million dollars more remaking it. Like let us. And I'm glad I and I'm glad I didn't spend a penny to watch it. I'm glad about that. I'm happy. I, it's the first Star Wars movie that I, mean, I have not spent a single dime on, whether it be merchandise, theatrical release. Uh, anything. I, I avoided that movie like the plague, and I'm gonna continue doing so. It's the only one in the entire Star Wars universe. This includes the Ewok Adventures, alright guys? It's the only one that I'm in, I have a VHS, DVD, or Blu-ray copy of. I have no interest. Not even as a coaster for my drinks do I want on that movie. That's how bad of an idea it is. That's how bad that movie came out. 
I, I love Ron Howard's work in the past. I am so disappointed even, like, exercise the, the right to, like, say okay to this being brought well, to him. Well, he should have shut the door before they even... As soon as he heard, yeah, we're, we're here to give you solo, he should have been get out. Like, well, no, 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 get no, the they fuck out of my they, office. They greenlit Willow 2 if he did solo, which I'm happy as hell because I wanted Willow 2 forever. So if he had to put out a hunk of shit like solo to finally make Willow 2 for me, like, I'm cool. Like, whatever. I highly <laughs> doubt that Ron Howard would have to, like, you know, like, scoop that low. To do a solo movie just to get Willow two, thirty five years later, Greenlit. Well, that, that that's the story that I've heard. Like that's the reason why he signed on. Yeah, and, and I have thing. some I have some magical beans I can give you for free, which will take you to the land of giants if you want to start believing bullshit. But that smells like complete nonsense and bullshit to me. Because well, Ron man, Howard is well, a good it says, director. It says, so. well, it says Willow sequel is confirmed by by Ron Howard. So oh, I'm not saying it's happening. not going to happen. I, I, I'm sure it's going to happen. That's the thing. I, I even before he was announced as the solo director, they were talking about that. But that's what I'm saying. I have you know no I no um, you know nothing to say against it happening. I want to see Willow too. I have no like ill will uh, you know against it being done. But I highly doubt that a director with the kind of clout in Hollywood. That a Ron Howard would have would have any problems getting Willow Two off the ground at any given time. He could have gotten back when he's George wanted Lucas to make it for it. decades, and no studio would let him. Like he because it was out. Lucas tied down, and Lucas was doing Star Wars, doing other things, and Lucas owned the property. Lucas owned the material rights. He owned the, the he did the script for the original. That was he was going to direct that at one point. That was all George well, Lucas. Thank God he didn't. After seeing like his later films, I'm really happy that. Yeah, but a lot of what ended up, but a lot of what ended up in the, the actual Willow movie, he was heavily involved in. You remember when, when you say a George Lucas produced movie and written movie? That's essentially saying he co-directed the movie with you, because even in, in Raiders of the Last Ark and uh, all the Indiana Jones movies that Steven Spielberg directed. He was on set, and it wasn't like uh, Christopher Nolan and, and Men of Steel, that way he was never on the set except for a couple times when he went and visited the production. No, no, no. Lucas was literally there saying, well, I think we should do this, Stephen. And, uh, you know, the way I wrote the characters was uh, this way, because that was his baby. In fact, the, the, uh, the new Indiana Jones movie coming out, it's going to be the first one without him involved as a producer or writer. Yeah, it, might, it might be awesome then, because but he's saw, still like, involved. The Crystal Skull. He's still involved as an executive producer, <laughs> and he's still expected to be on set the entire time. Uh, and his voice is going to be heard they have during a the whole thing. Hot dogs set aside for him. And look, say what you will. Uh, I will. At, I, will uh, I know you will. That's the thing. But look, <laughs> look at his track record. He's done nothing oh. but. Big movies as a director. Like, all his movies are blockbuster hits. So you got to see that about the guy. Yeah. He THX chooses and picks, um, picks and chooses. But that's a huge film. But that was his first like, movie in uh, THX. That actually was groundbreaking at his time. So while it wasn't a blockbuster, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but... It, it didn't. It barely got released, guy. I mean, like, but I it, know what you're but, but it well, was a groundbreaking movie, and it led to American Graffiti, which was a huge hit. 
Say what you will. And well, I, I love Ford. It was a huge hit. So I have an affinity for it, but it wasn't as huge as like even Star Wars wasn't a huge hit until it got re-released, and then all the that's stories a lie. And it got huge. That's a lie, and you know that's a lie. Star Wars was a huge movie from the moment it came out, and American Graffiti was a huge movie when it came out. So you have at that point, I have to call you out because that's just not accurate. And you're, I don't like fake news. Let's just say that. Okay. American Graffiti had like a, a five million dollar budget. It made a hundred and fifteen million domestically. That's a that's a huge movie, and it was George Lucas's big debut into like something other than THX. So to say that's not a big movie in the seventies, nineteen seventy three, a movie from a director nobody knew that made a hundred and fifteen million with a known unknown actor like Harrison Ford who was. Pre-Star Wars, nobody knew he, who he was. He actually wasn't the star of it, like Ron Howard. Uh, right, Richard but he Dreyfuss, was in a it. Bunch of people that Ron Howard, and, a, and a, but in none of them were big names at the time. They've become bigger names over the years. A time about a director who was not known. Ron Howard was literally the selling point of that movie because he was the only name people recognized because even then he was Richie Cunningham. This is not the Ron Howard the director or Ron Howard from Willow, or Apollo 13 running. This is Richie Cunningham. We're not talking about movie star Ron Howard. Richie fucking Cunningham from Happy Days. That's who it was. He wasn't a big movie star. He was a TV actor from a Happy Days TV series, which the biggest name in that series wasn't even him. It was Fonzie. That was the star of Happy Days. The Fonzarella character, right? Uh, oh, uh, okay, so. guy. I, I got you. I, I'm very So you're not talking about Matthew McConaughey. You're, you're not talking about Matthew McConaughey doing the Fast and the Furious, and you're like, holy shit, it's fucking Matthew McConaughey in Fast and the Furious. No, this is Richie Cunningham, Opie, you know, like that kid in a movie that's completely out of his genre. In actually, it's, actually, it's not. He was. Um, he actually st- uh, starred in a bunch of Roger Corman movies, like Eat My Dust and Grand Theft Auto. It actually been a pretty big um, indie star in doing um, grindhouse type um, adventure movies for. But um, nothing Ro- big. Roger Corman, but he like, wasn't a big I, I star. Got you. Like nobody ever saw him in anything until the beard put him in it. I, I got you, man. Like I hear you. Like I'm sorry. I, I, I doubted the beard. The beard did good as a as a director, and and he did good. Like he did, uh, he did American Graffiti and Star Wars made four hundred million dollars on the initial release, domestically. I mean, I well, it made three hundred. Sorry, three hundred seven domestically, four hundred sixty right now after the re-release, which is like an extra hundred million plus. But still, three hundred million dollars in nineteen seventy seven. Oh, I'm sorry. At an eleven million dollar budget, no, that's not a big hit. No. Okay. Are you shitting me? That's a did billion I, dollar movie did I right say, now. Did I ever say anything about Star Wars? No, I made. Yes. I was joking around about you, THX 1131 and American Graffiti. Just giving you. a You hard said Star time. Wars was not big until the movie. You said, and, and, and this is recorded. This is recorded in the audio. You said it's Star Wars. Star Wars was not as big until the re-release. You said that it's recorded. You can't backtrack it. No backpedaling. No take backs. And then a lot of people started 
um, checking it out at midnight. No, no. It got really Dude, huge. Did oh, you well, forget that, that they had Empire Strikes that, Back? And they came out a couple years later, and then Return of the Jedi came out a year, two years after that. No, Star Wars was huge. I bro, from the moment that movie opened, the lines in the Chinese man theaters were huge. People didn't know what the hell it was about. But they were like, it says Star and it says Wars. It has this creepy guy in a black suit. This has got to be good. People were out in lines from the moment that movie was announced and the, the trailers hit. People were like, we don't know what it's about, but it's, it's, it's Star Wars. And people went to see it in droves. The first week was packed. Dude, the footage is there. You can see it. The making of Star Wars, the old 1977 original Star Wars, was an epic coming-of-age movie that everybody instantly fell in love with. Critics, fans, everybody. This this was a movie that it took a year or two. No, 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 no. This movie was an instant success. That's why it tripped up everybody, because nobody expected it to be that big. Nobody thought... Well, we can do sequels out of this thing. That's why it feels like a standalone movie. And then George has two years to come up with a sequel, and he's like, uh, I can't write and direct the sequel. It just can't happen. So he was writing it as they started pre-production in the sequel. That's why he didn't direct the next one, because he literally couldn't do both things, because he was writing and co-writing it and producing it and still like living off the like the craziness that was the original Star Wars movie. Don't get it twisted. Star Wars has been big from the day it was released. It's just gotten bigger over the years. And then when the re-release happened, it exploded in popularity because you're talking about 20 plus years of fans. I've been talking about that re-release. It was, it was originally released I, okay, I, I I read this and I've seen it in documentaries. It's been that it originally came out. A lot of people. It was played at some small theaters. It didn't do well. It started picking up steam at uh, at midnight movie things. People got into it and they re-released it into theaters and it blew up. I wasn't talking about the crappy re-releases he did where he re-edited everything and ruined his own films. Like, of course, I'm not going to say that that is when his film picked up. I'm not that crazy. That's not what I was mentioning. I meant. Like it was brought back to big theaters. Bro, you talk, you're talking you're about the limited. You're talking about the. Oh, hold on, and this happened a lot in the seventies. You're talking about the limited release that happened on May 25th, which is by why the rest came out on May 25th. Or a lot of them came out in May after that, uh, because they were kind of like you know paying homage to that. The initial release, which was in May 25th, 1977 was a limited release. Then the worldwide release was in July 15th. That's when the, where it opened up wide to all theaters. But the limited release wasn't just for, like, some art houses. Or that was the same cut. There was no difference in the cut. It just happened they had a limited release. We see that now with some movies where they have a limited run for a couple of weeks, and then the wide release is a little bit later. A lot of independent movies do that. Today... So it has something to do with just Star Wars. But even in that initial limited release, that word of mouth, that positive vibe and, and aura, was the reason why when it was widely released, it exploded. It was the number one movie for weeks. Why? Because the word of mouth was so huge and people didn't know anything about it. All they heard was, guy in a creepy black suit, Star Wars. Gotta see that. The, the word of mouth was good. The The... You know, remember, this is the 70s. 
the actual film that people saw in trailers was something they'd never seen before. This is even before Star Trek had a theatrical release. Remember, at this point, we just had the three or four seasons of the TV original series. That's it. There's in the cartoons of Star Trek. But there's nothing else that can even match Star Wars at that point in 1977 when it came to that genre. So all the nerds like us back in the 70s, when they sat down in theaters and saw that trailer, then they heard that word of mouth. A couple of months later, they were like, we're there. So from that initial release... It was on and popping. I mean, everybody was talking about Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. It was literally the biggest phenomenon that Hollywood has ever seen. That's why they credit George Lucas as not only making a movie that was a change of uh, of pace for Hollywood and how films are made, but it's literally a game changer in how sci-fi is looked at. Because now you can make a science fiction movie that looks like a living world, which is something that he did. He brought realism into a movie about space and the space opera. Nobody had thought of him doing that. And in his, you know, awkward, weird way, he did something so epic that is, you know, still the biggest franchise of all times, given the fact that we've had three divisive prequels, which either you love them or hate them, and now we're going to a third sequel film, which it's a divisive... Of, of the fan base. The, the, we got the set, really yeah. good cartoon series that's coming out. Let's but the, that. the Mandalorian looks great. The, one of the spinoff movies, Rogue One, was great. Um, I, I'm looking forward to episode 9 because I don't think I, they can fuck that up compared to the last one as badly as you know that turned out for a lot of I, folks. I, I, I loved episode I know you loved though. The Last Jedi, but some folks didn't like it, some folks didn't. That's why I said it was divisive. But I think universally, I think you're going to love episode nine. I think that's going to bring children sure back. I will. Daisy Ridley said the ending was epic. I was going to mention that in, on the show, yeah. but it, it, she didn't really clarify, that. and there wasn't much to talk about, so I didn't actually drop that one. But it did have it does have me interested because I like her a lot. I, I like I care for her opinion on this um, and on this film series. So the fact that she's really happy with the way it ends um, has me a little interested. You know what I mean? Like. Not only oh, I'm get, a little interested, a, but I, I'm more interested in Resistance Season 2. That, that's, that's my yeah. main thing that I'm hyped for for Star Wars at this moment. Like, And thank you for getting me on that. I really love some of the stuff that came out of what George Lucas thought up, but yep. I can't never love and respect the man as much as you do. I, it's just never happening, man. Hey, you can preach at me, me all you want to, but... To me, I, I, I'm one of the few that love the prequels. I love the originals. Uh, I, I have no problem saying that. Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, I, I love those movies for what they are. I know this, they're not the best, but I love them for what they are. And George Lucas, no matter what he does with his life, he gave us Star Wars, and for that I'm forever grateful. He is the creator and thankful to the maker for creating Star Wars, and he can do no wrong. He's not directing any other new movies. He's gonna, and then this one, he's, he's probably to direct a couple of scenes out of nostalgia, from what I heard. And he was on set a little bit more and, and involved a little bit more, which is good. Uh, but again, this is a J.J. Abrams, uh, directed, uh, film. And I, I, I'm a fan of J.J. I think he's a modern day, uh, Lucas, modern day Spielberg type of director. He is good for these type of movies. And I don't think that as big of a fan as he is of Star Wars, that he's going to drop the ball. I think he's going to deliver on a good movie, 
maybe even an epic movie, and I'm hoping for that, because this is the end of the uh, the Skywalker saga. So if they're going to go out, they have they, to go out with a bang. They say that now, but remember, we just got done talking about how Toy Story 3 was supposed to be the end. Right. So, like, as long as Disney has it, I'm pretty sure that, like, they'll find a way to bring a fucking well, Skywalker back. From the- they're, they're not saying it's the end of Star Wars. It's going to be obviously more Star Wars movies and TV shows. But as far as the the lineage that continues Anakin, Luke, I mean, at some point, they, they got to disappear from whatever the cosmos, uh, you know, talking points are politically or whatever. Or if you're going to introduce other Jedis or prequels or sequels, there's going to be points in that universe where they're not involved. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. center that's around them. Life. Like, like the Game of Thrones guys, they're going to come in, they're going to make their nuts of their old Republic right. trilogy, like after nine, and people are going to be like, oh, that was cool, and then they're, they're going to drop um, episodes um, 10 through 12, and it's going to be about a new Skywalker, man, I guarantee you, because that, that, that's just Maybe the way 10, it's going to have to 15, 20 years down the road, into it. but it won't be anytime soon, and I'm looking forward to that, too. I want to see other interpretations, other parts of the universe, other timelines, different, you know, parts of what happened. Uh, hell, I, I'm into seeing some of the spin-off stuff that deals with in between the episodes. As long as you don't ruin characters like Solo. Once you start getting to certain characters that don't need a background story told like Han Solo didn't need... Do you need, think they're going to retcon this Solo movie or just pretend that it never happened? I think eventually they'll pretend it never happened. Yeah. yeah. It'll just go away. I mean, they're not going to do the uh, crime syndicate story with Darth Maul anymore, or they're not tying in, at least they're saying they're not tying in the uh, Obi-Wan trilogy to this anymore. Uh, if they do Obi-Wan, it'll be either on uh, the streaming service, or it'll be its own thing, which will be a prequel to Star Wars and you hope, uh, in between timelines of episode 3 and 4. But it won't tie into any of that stuff. It might have Darth Maul in it. We, you never know. Uh, it might be something that connects to Rebels or something like that, or, or even Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, I don't somehow. understand why they can't do um, the Darth Maul movie still because they have shown him in um, Rebels and other stuff. So, like d- canceling the Crime Syndicate movie with him—that's kind of dumb. Just because the the solo tie-in, like they could introduce it and still have it be a thing. Without having to like nod it like yeah we were mentioned in that piece of shit too but like yeah, you know, yeah they could just yeah. skip that and still do that and like I, I've never been a fan of the character but a lot of people love it and um, yeah I think it could be pretty interesting as long as it as long as you actually develop the guy and get to know him like that's the problem I had with Darth Maul you you got to know Boba Fett more than you got to know Darth Maul and like there's just people going on and on about how he's cool and Vader and I'm like how like. He well, he, 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 he gets cut in half and dies. I mean, like the I, I he was cool looking, but like well, that that makes you cool nowadays. If you're cool looking, at least you have some idea where you can take the character. But here's the thing: with Solo, we're almost out of we're out of time. But uh, I'll leave this here with uh, Solo and, and the whole Darth Maul thing. If you're gonna do a movie with Darth Maul and the Crime Syndicate, you have to set it before Rebels because he literally is killed off in Rebels. Uh, spoilers. Uh, you haven't seen his fight with Obi-Wan in there. It happens. And Obi-Wan, I mean, this time, there's no way he survives it. He's dead. Done. So, Solo was even before Rebels. So, he's going to do something that has nothing to do with Solo. You're going to have to go before Rebels, before Solo. Somewhere in between, maybe Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Or somewhere right after the adventure of Revenge of the Sith right before Rebels, 
Because remember, rebels kind of lead you into a new hope, along with resistance is, you know, resistance is after Return of the Jedi, but it leads you into uh, The Force Awakens. So yeah. that's what kind of rebels well, did for they, that. So Well, I mean, maybe they could put Krennic and a couple of people from Rogue One from around That'll the work. Rebels timeline in the yeah. film. Just to kind of give you a, a glimpse of an idea of when it takes place, and that that, that could probably work pretty cool. Maybe um, have the little French guy and um, K two show up for a second, you know, and like be like, <laughs> "Hey, it's that fucking guy. We hate him. Let's run out of here," you know, type of thing. And yeah, and then like yeah. have whoever fucks up um, Darth Maul and, or have him do his gangster stuff because he's going to be like a gangster in this version, right? Because he's running a, a crime syndicate. Now? Well, that, that was the idea. He was going to be the, the boss of the crime syndicate, which he was no longer Darth Maul. Like, he was just Maul. He dropped the whole Darth thing. He was uh, not a Sith Lord anymore. He had dropped that whole thing. Yeah, that, that whole getting cut in half thing would probably put a fucking... That would, yeah, put a damper. You wanted, anybody, yeah. in, in, anybody's, <laughs> in anybody's plans, yeah. Like, yeah I, it was cool, yeah. but I got cut in half. and like, I, Fuck that, dude. I can't, you, you know, know what this I mean? battle with the Jedi's made me half the man I used to be. Why continue? Even, even with the way they, even with the, the way that they ended his story with Rebels, it's kind of like, at that point, he was such a bro, he was such a broken character that it was, yeah. it, it, well, it didn't really have the impact that it could have had. Now it'll be interesting to see how he went from Phantom Menace to Rebels to see the in between part. That'd be interesting. That's why the crime syndicate was kind of interesting to me when I heard they were going to use that as storyline. Uh, but they just, they fucked it up in Solo so badly in every aspect that, uh, as long as they don't tie it into that and he would never see Danny Glover as Lando Pansexual, Luke Colorisso, and, uh, Aiden Shinora Ben Solo, uh, whatever his name, like Alton Rider, whatever, uh, neo Nazi name he has. As long as you're not involved, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Just give me Darth Maul, Crime Syndicate, and let's move on. And and I, I'm good with that. Guys, with that said, we're, we're all out of time here on the uh, Roundtable Show. We have to move on. We did uh, a good three-hour show for you folks out yeah, there. Yeah, we, we, we have, have to move Snyder on. Cut, three and a half hours. Snyder oh. Cut of the Roundtable Show tonight. Yeah, we got to yes. move on. Yeah, we have to move on. So with that said, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with more Roundtable at the same time, same uh, channel, psn dash Radio.com, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, gentlemen. The, the bell can't be on The bell can't be unrung.